Gents, welcome to episode 34 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. This feels really awkward because I feel like Key's looking at me and he's not. I know he's not, he's just watching the telly and sitting yeah. in his Very cute good. little... Looking into Key's soul. Look at his little face. He's got no idea we're talking about him. No. He's so cute. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you guys can't see this so it's entirely irrelevant conversation. It's probably a good thing. That voice you just heard was my good friend Phil. Hello Phil. Hello Phil. We're at... Uh, I'm not Phil. Hi, Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. That was a terrible impression. I'll never do that again. Most um, of the accents. So this will be the festive episode of the Pop Culture Parlour. And I say that simply because I'm drinking glue wine and I'm just going to get steadily more merry as we go through. Christmas and shit, innit? Um, yeah. At some stage, I'll probably just be like, Rich, make some more wine. Because I don't want to get up and cook wine. Is it technically cooking? Heating it? Boiling. Yeah, that'll do. Anyway, so for a change of pace, like normally I don't do this at Christmas because I don't normally like shows that do tops of things because it's annoying. But I decided to do it this year because why the fuck not? We're going to do our top films and songs and telly stuff and things of the year. Things I hope you're year. more prepared than me. According to my list, because it got graffitied all over, my favourite film, song, TV show and comic from the past year was 2007's Holiday in Handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't just, just, just say it like that. You need to explain <laughs> to everyone, seeing as you've been no, banging on about it for about a week. I think people should just go and watch Holiday in Handcuffs. It's on Netflix. And that's all I'm going to say about it. There's nothing sort of pornographic to it. It's not no, an actual no, no. Like, bondage No, no. Film. It's got Sabrina the Teenage Witch in it and AC Slater. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all you need to know, really. Yeah. Just watch it. It's definitely the best film you'll ever put in your eyes. Yeah. Shall we roll on? <laughs> oh, God. Let's on, roll on. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah. Nobody can see that. Um, I'm going to let you go first and I'm also going to let you pick which category we're going to go through first because I'm kind of like that and also I can't be asked to think. So we're just getting straight in there to the top, are we? Yeah, let's do that. Let's Unless do there's that, anything then. pertinent you'd like to talk about beforehand. Well, I don't know. The state of the Japanese economy. Uh, yeah, um, we could talk yeah. about that. I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about it, so we couldn't. <sighs> well, should we go straight into TV then? I'll just let's tell you the option. Because to be that. fair, this year I've watched a, a shit ton of TV. See, I've been crap this year at films and music, so TV's probably a good one to start off with. Well, yeah, likewise on both fronts. But that does mean the show will steadily get shitter, perhaps. Okay, well, we'll have to go out on a high, yeah. no, top, low, bottom. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll do. Words. Right. Um, so, for me, number five was uh, The Leftovers. Never seen it. Okay. Sell, sell it so, this film. is going to be... This is going to be... Right. So, it's by the uh, co-creators of Lost. So, instantly, I'm that's probably... Ate. Yep, I know. <laughs> I was waiting for I'll that. Know, and I'll I think the general it. TV public had, like, the same opinion. But I think there is going to be a second season, although they are whittling the cast down mm. for, for reasons. Talking about TV, shut your mouth. Leftovers. Is that what it was called? I've already forgotten. Uh, yeah, the leftovers. Yeah. Um, so basically, the premise is the first episode. There's this um, city in somewhere in America, mm-hmm. and suddenly one day, fifty percent of the population are like raptured away, right? For, for sort of no reason, and then it kind of picks up um, X years later. I can't remember how it is, and it's basically kind of you go into it, and I started watching. I'm thinking, okay, there's, there could be something in this. And the next couple of episodes is like, okay, you're never going to find out why these people have, have been raptured and taken. But then you kind of, as you watch it more, you realise that's not the point. The point is about the people that are left. Mm-hmm. So it's about the leftovers and it's about how people deal with grief and how basically bleak and shitty life is generally. Lovely. Um, and it, it's Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, start, starting on low points here, you can only get better. Um, like the ring. Uh <laughs> We've been watching too much vintage TV this week. Vintage, vintage. That probably won't mean anything to anyone outside of the UK, but no. hey. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's, they're basically like really good sort of character uh, moments. Mm-hmm. And each episode is kind of focused on um, a single member of the cast um, and their part in the story. And there's like a weird cult that just wear white and don't talk and smoke cigarettes and that's their way of dealing with grief. That seems weird. Um, and they basically, and then there's a vicar who basically tries to point out that it was good people and bad people that were taken. And he points out that all these people that you thought were innocent were actually paedophiles and, <laughs> and things. And it's nothing to do with God. It's, it's just, it, it happened. Um, and it's basically just showing how fucked up and fragile people are. And it, it, there's the music tonally really works with it and the seriousness, and I'm not selling it well at all, but uh, I yeah, enjoyed the, it. Yeah, the problem is it sounds grim, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm in a place of grim. And also, it's making me think of was there not a show fairly recently where like like half of the population died, and then they had to find out why that happened or something similar to that. Possibly. It Rich, help like a me TV out here. Was there a show not long ago where like a load of people done a dead, but not everybody? Is that the missing? See, it sounds like a lot of things, apparently. <laughs> and I didn't watch any of those. It's a bit of right? Yeah. I did. I, yeah. It's like you're not you're not doing a bad job at selling it. It just doesn't sound like my kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think when I went into it, I expected it to be like a, a lost style <laughs> uh, mystery where you'd find out where these people went and what happened and what. But it, it's not. It's more just how people's lives and how. People are affected, mm. and it's quite well done. I mean, it's got like uh, Liv Tyler in it and Christopher Eccleston, mm. and yeah. The the thing that worries me about shows like this because The Walking Dead does it as well. It kind of assumes that if you strip away like all the rules and order, that humans are basically shitty, and I don't, I don't know if I like that evaluation of people. Yeah, says the girl who's number five is Hannibal series two. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about Grimm, uh, do you watch Hannibal? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, good. Have you seen all of series yep, two? Oh, I good. Yep. Oh, good. Was it not just like the one of the best things you put in your eyes ever? <sighs> Hannibal, it, it was close. It probably would have been number six on my list. Yeah. But I think it was kind of 
fifty percent I really enjoyed. Fifty percent was a bit bland. Mm. Um, I still don't think it was as bad as a lot of people sort of made out this season. Yeah, I don't understand why it didn't do as well as the first series because I think it was really good. I thought the end was a little bit ludicrous mm. because they're setting up a universe that's fairly realistic in the sense of the way the police work and you know all that sort of thing. But then. Somehow the police just don't notice that Hannibal is right there under their noses doing yeah. loads of murders. <laughs> it's just a bit like... Um, and they're all really ready to believe that um, Will is mental and a killer. Which is really odd, because he seems like... Even though he's clearly got social issues, he's not the kind of person who would do things like that, really. Well, he sort of did. I think se- season one was so, so hard to follow, because season yeah. one was really good and came from nowhere and people weren't expecting it. With season two, obviously the opening episode was great because obviously mm. it started with the end scene essentially. Um, an old uh, Lawrence Fishburne. He's wonderful, isn't he? Yeah. He's proper wonderful. Now I've just got like, I think it's one of those rare programs where like I've got no problems with the casting. I don't think I've ever had any issues with anything. Like, because even the stupidity of the police force in it, it's still entirely watchable you don't watch it and that doesn't detract from it because like me and Rich tried to watch um, what was that shit thing with Kevin Bacon the following yeah we tried to watch that and after like three episodes it was like your police force are all either like being bought off by this murdering guy which seems like it doesn't make any sense or they're just so completely inept and we just got really mad because we were like how has nobody noticed what's going on here like it just really pissed us off whereas with Hannibal at least it made there were bits that, that weren't particularly sensible. Like, you think, you should probably be a little bit concerned. But it didn't detract. <sighs> Thanks, Rich. You say that every time. <laughs> I know I do agree. It is more about Hannibal and Will. What's his name? His surname now, I'm blanking. Graham, there we go. It's more about their relationship with one another and things. And I think the ending, in terms of... It was a bit ludicrous, but it was kind of brilliant. And yeah, I can't wait yeah, for no, series definitely. three, which is exactly what you want from a series ender. I think with the going sort of track back into the following, I kind of struggled through the first season, but mm. that's going no further. I think I we got just, maybe four yeah. or five episodes in, and it just got to the point where we were like, this is just silly and not enjoyable silly, like just crap silly. <laughs> so we weren't, we weren't sold on that at all. But um, yeah, Hannibal's something that I... It's really funny when people ask me like what my favourite TV shows are. I always rank Hannibal and Adventure Time really high. You couldn't really get much more. Well, no, yeah, that, but that's <laughs> good. Yeah, it's diversity and, and, and whatnot. In but it though. In it. What's your number four then, darling? Number four, I'm going with the League. Okay, yep. I can accept. Uh, I'll definitely go for the League. Um, it's probably the only comedy comedy I've got mm-hmm. on my list um, this year. I think 2014. Well, I suppose TV in recent years has been kind of a. Uh, Dominated by drama and mm. and stuff, action and you know Hollywood esque budgets and superheroes. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's well, that's that's definitely come up a lot this year. Um, but no, the league. I think it's uh, the 2014 is a strange one because obviously there was no uh, Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. I think that would have probably edged out the league. But yeah. no, um, it hasn't been the best season, but it's definitely been uh, one of the most amusing things on TV at the moment. Mm-hmm. I concur. I um. The League's one of those things that when Rich suggested we start watching it when it first started, I was like, I don't know anything about American football. I'm not going to find this funny. But um, it's not really about American football. Oh, God, no. no. <laughs> and the, the last couple of years have been even less about American football. Yeah. Um, Although I do love it when you when you get the guest appearances. Yeah, yeah. 
No, it is it is one of those rare shows that's uh, that's funny without relying on that one thing to be funny. And it's got some as well, isn't it? It has indeed. It's pretty. I think obviously there's been less Nick Kroll this season, mm. and it, it suffered from that at Why times. Was that? I don't know. I presume if it's like scheduling difficulties or mm. filming his own Kroll show or whatnot. Oh, but hell. so not funny. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like the Kroll show. No, I, I think the weirdest part about this series is that they changed the order of it before they aired it. I don't so think they were, did. Well, see, Rich was saying they did because there are some episodes where Nick Kroll is there and then other episodes where he's just not there anymore and mm. he's, he's somehow in Japan. Or see, I thought that like the first time I watched it. But then they, they, there's like a throwaway line saying he's back, but he may have to go back at any time kind oh, of thing. Okay, and it kind of, Yeah, well, I did as well, I think. But, mm. but no, there was definitely some good things. I think um, the whole concept of episexy was, was very <laughs> funny and... Uh, <laughs> Not politically correct at all, as as are most things. Yeah, we, but should then probably, there were... we should probably say if you were thinking about watching the league, a good idea would be to, uh, to well, just know that it's not particularly a. Oh, look, he's all tucked up on the sofa now, bless him. Yeah, the league, it's not very politically, politically correct, correct yeah. at all. And and <laughs> in this season, Paul Shear dressed as a woman was really scary. Oh my god, that, that was, was genuinely terrifying. Yeah, he seems all too ready to dress badly or weirdly, like all the time. Mm. Which is a bit concerning, uh, but he is pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you read the just as a as a side chat? Did you read the Deadpool comic that he wrote this year? Probably. Okay, oh, yeah. I've read so most just, of the Deadpool comics that well, I'm about two months behind, so it depends on recent. I think it, it, was. it was it was quite recent. I think it was an mm. annual starring some animal force thing or something. I know then. I no, haven't. okay. I probably I'll should just set up on that one then. <laughs> I thought being, you know, the go-to thing for Deadpool. Yeah, no, I'm really done. behind with my comics at the moment because uh, I don't know what happened. There was just like a month where I just couldn't be bothered at all. And now all of a sudden I've got like 200 Marvel comics to read. Nice. And about the same amount of DC ones. So the only thing I'm on top of really is like Saga. <laughs> That's about it. Turtles. Uh, yeah. But The League, watch that. It's good. Yeah. I did a thumbs up at the mic. No one can see. But yeah, I think because obviously I... I know nothing about American football mm-hmm. at all. And I think it was one of those things that Netflix just, just flipped up. If you've watched Always Sunny, you should watch this. And I was like, uh, might as well. It is a similar kind of humour. It's probably less gross about it, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And there is more of a, a plot structure yeah. where the episodes kind of follow on, or at least there mm-hmm. are throwbacks and callbacks, whereas yeah. with most Sunny episodes, you can just watch one and then skip like four seasons. <laughs> and somehow seasons end up and... seeing Danny DeVito in the nod or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to take it to the fairly serious again. Fairly. Uh, my number four was Fargo. Oh, shit, yeah. Did I you completely watch that? forgot, yeah. Did you forget yeah. that it existed? I forgot that was this year or that it was a TV series or anything. Well, the thing that reminded me that it existed was a couple of days ago when Richie's sister was trying to remember Billy Bob Thornton's name and called him Billy Bob Wolf. Billy Bob Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Okay. She could have called him <laughs> other things. She was like, you know, he was in that thing with all the snow. Oh, Sarah. Oh, she's so terrible. Um, yeah, Fargo is a film I've never seen. Probably should watch it now. Yeah, well, I think I, I think I primarily probably forgot that because I just think of it as a film. Mm-hmm. But no, because the TV series was it, it wasn't quite a, an adaptation, but it wasn't quite a standalone, and it can mm-hmm. either be a remake or standalone side. Yeah, I feel like I should probably watch the because I enjoyed the um, TV show so much. Because, um, but I think I've, I think I'm just I'm just addicted to Martin Freeman. Like he can pretty much do anything, and I'll watch it. Except I, the Hobbit movies because I, they're trash. <laughs> I wasn't quite sold with his American accent. There were times mm. it just grated on me. I think. Yeah. But uh, acting wise, he was really good in it. He yeah. played that kind of bumbly character very well. Yeah. 
And um, Billy Bob Wolf was really great as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, and I, I kind of love Colin Hanks as well. But it's funny because yeah. I've only ever seen him in, um, what's it? Dexter. That series of Dexter that he was in, and you couldn't really get two more different roles if you tried. No, no, no. Um, like, like his character in Fargo was pretty much the opposite of a scary, murdering lunatic. So that was really good. I thought he was amazing, and um, yeah, I, I don't think I really need to say much more about it to be honest, because I don't want to spoil it. It was really good. I quite liked uh, Glenn Howerton's little part as well. Yeah, that was, was quite good seeing him in a, a serious ish, ish role. Yeah, Rich was saying that he was like. Apparently up for the role of um, Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy, and like lost it to Chris Pratt. And I, I thinking, saw that oh, rumor. I don't, I don't know, know if, if that's true. But if it was, I don't know if I could accept that because there's a certain level of creepy behind him, like yeah, at all times. Yeah. Like even when he's doing a serious role, there's a little part of you that thinks he might just rape someone quick, like soon. <laughs> because of the implication. Because of the implication. But I don't quite think he could have bulked up like Chris Pratt either. I don't think he'd have worked as a lead. Yeah. <laughs> Rich. I saw that. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah, Fargo. You like Fargo, didn't you, Rich? Yeah, best show of the year. Really? Yeah. Number one and everything. Ben, true I forgot about that as well. I didn't really watch that though, so. Oh well, that's alright, I'll talk about it in a bit. Fair enough. Do you want to roll on to your number three? Because I can't talk about Fargo without going spoiler city on it, so. Um, number three, I'm going to go for elementary. Okay. Because I, I really enjoy it. I'm not sold on that. I think, oh, that's I think fair enough. we watched like two episodes and I was like, nah, mate. What, I think <laughs> with, obviously, um, Benedict Cumber bunches in a twist gets lots of, uh, uh, you know, rave reviews about Sherlock. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that Johnny Lee Miller's better. Ooh. I think he works a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Lucy Lou, I can, uh, Give or take, or, or she but, was the one that that put me off it because I am not a big fan of hers anyway. Like I don't think she's really any good. <laughs> she, she's not bad. She's not bad, <laughs> and I, I I I do like the dynamic of having a female Watson. Mm-hmm. I think that works. I think maybe it's it's a thing. That obviously, most American TV things suffer with is that having a twenty four episode season. Mm. Um, obviously, 2014 have probably got the tail end of season two and the beginning end of season three, so they're kind of different beasts. But I think if it was like an American, an English season where it had like six episodes mm-hmm. and they cut out a lot of the filler, it would probably work generally. But then you could say that for a lot of seasons. But That's but no, I think Johnny Lee Miller plays it really well as, as Sherlock being a an ex heroin addict and mm-hmm. and a really confused mind. Yeah, that's something they don't really do in the BBC, is it? Yeah, <laughs> you don't really have a safety on that. Mm. And and also, I'm not too keen on Martin Friedman as as Watson. Yeah, See, I, think, I think he's the best thing about it, and I do love me some Cumbersnatch. But um, I think season one was really good of, of Sherlock. I think Sherlock suffered a bit by believing its own hype a bit too much. Yeah. In that they they basically now have come to a point where they could pretty much just show like a photograph of Benedict Cumberbatch for an hour. Yeah. And you just open the door key, it's fine. <laughs> um, they could probably just show a picture of his face for an hour with literally nothing else happening and it'd get like all the ratings. Yeah. So, like, because yeah. the last series, like, was mostly pretty garbage. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um, you know, performance wise, it was great, but the stories were not, not good. And when you think that's like, what, three episodes a series, you shouldn't really be. Suffering from having t- terrible filler episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's kind of thing with with 
elementary it's like let's say 24 episodes might be slightly too much mm. but three definitely isn't enough so you need to find some kind of medium ground and, yeah. and not have these filler episodes and, and and you know villain of the week throwaway bits and mm. stuff I feel like I should give elementary another bash but I just really hate Lucy Lou I don't, it's irrational I realise exactly yeah <laughs> no she series season two I think that may have been 2013 but that half she was really good as um well, I'm not going to say who, who she was, kind of thing, for people that haven't seen it. Oh, is that a massive spoiler? It could be. Ish. Someone important then. She's um, Kaiser Sato. Yeah. <laughs> she was his slave. That's a joke that nobody else is going to get. Apparently, I've heard the ending to Is It Usual Suspects? Yes. Like 55 times, and I still never remember it. It's That's something fine. about a Kaiser, I don't know. <laughs> the Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, Rich. God, who asked you anyway? Cool. Well, my number three is. Um, a comedy? Hurrah! Yes, please. Thank you, Richard. Um, sure. I picked Broad City, which I don't know if that's something you watched. I've never even heard of it. Oh, all right then. So come um, on. Well, Elevator pitch, is certainly. well. See, it's really hard to describe because I'm, I'm not going to do a good job of it, and it's not going to sell anyone on it at all. But like I feel accent. like you should all just ignore me and just yeah, just ignore me and just watch it. Um, it is a. <laughs> it's a really distracting glug, 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 Brian. <laughs> Um It's a comedy about two twenty-something ladies living in New York, and you know shenanigans occur. Now, when you say shenanigans occur, I don't mean on. shenanigans like you know terrible. It's like imagine if Friends were good and a little bit racy. <laughs> It's no, help, help I can't me, imagine. Help how this episode starts off with the two friends skyping each other while one of them is trying to pick out a dildo to masturbate with later while the other one is currently having sex with the boyfriend. That's the level of the show. Yeah. Right, Hannibal okay. Buress is in it and he's yeah. wonderful. John Gembling's in it as well from Mary Minute. I don't know who that is. Okay. The fat one with the beard from Mary Minute. The one that's not Ken Marino in Mary Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So the two men. Yes. Oh, it's um, two dads as well. Um, yeah. It's just, it's really, really funny and it's silly and it's a bit rude. Well, it's a lot rude. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, I love it. And I've got a massive girl crush on Alana Glazer who is in it. So, yeah. Even though you can't find any pictures of her that are good. No, because I think it's a sense of humour that I'm attracted to, much well, like good. my attraction that's to good. Seth Rogen. That's the way it should be. <laughs> Personality, etc. Yeah, he's not an attractive man, but I would. Um, yeah, I can't really say much more about it because I watched it a really long time ago, so I can't really remember a whole lot about it, except for the fact that I thought it was amazing. And Series 2 starts next week. Hooray. So, everybody go and watch it. But, you know, it must be good if it's stuck in your mind for the entire yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, when I was making this list, it was one of the first things I wrote down because I remembered that it was this year because oh, I'm terrible. handcuffs. Yeah, well, yep. yeah, definitely. Uh, I've got a really terrible memory, as we all know. So I couldn't remember what things actually happened this year and what were the year before. And yeah. I'm pretty shit at life like that. So that was the first thing I wrote down because I was like, I definitely remember watching these and I remember thinking it was brilliant. So there we go. Sold. Sold. Oh, this kitchen's getting too busy. I do need a podcast studio, don't I? I can stop being interrupted by... Maybe Santa pictures. will bring you one. Maybe. He won't. Christmas. Didn't ask for one. All the Christmases. No. At least I didn't ask for a pedig sandler. Anyway. Anyway, moving on, because that won't move <laughs> Your <much>. turn. <laughs> right, I'm going to kind of step out slightly out of the way here. For number two, I'm going to say The Walking Dead. Okay. And expect a, a slap, but... No, I will not slap you for this. I contemplated putting this on the list because it is by far and away the best series, well, half a series that it's had for a really long fucking time. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't put it on my list because even though it was a good series for The Walking Dead, it wasn't a good series compared to everything else that I did put on my list. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that, that's just fair. Um, for me, it's, it's probably one of the few shows that I actually try and watch live or relatively close well, you to. Well, you bloody well have to because even the fucking stars of the show shitting spoil it for you. The Indeed. Bastard, even though half the spoilers I've bloody got off the, the, the comics anyway. But there, there are certain bits that you're waiting to see. But I, I just think it's there's a lot that's kind of wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely... Especially, what's this? Is is this season five now? Yeah, yeah. We're halfway think, through it. All. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. See, because obviously, 2014 had the the last half of season four after mid season break. Oh wow! And cool. yeah, that season that whole four, series could have been the last episode. I think it was. It's <laughs> it was. It's stretched out for the the DVD box set on the next Netflix crowd. It, it's it's made for just streaming, you know, marathoning in yeah. one thing, and it's not kind it's of serial TV. As fuck on um, yeah, but it's like I think you've mentioned this at many points. The first episode's good, the last episode's good. Everything in between was just pointless walking and gash. Yeah, um, you could have you could have condensed those episodes in the middle down into like one actually interesting episode about what they all did when they had to leave the prison. But yeah, I still really enjoy it and really want to watch it. And and with this season that's just come on, the first three episodes I think were good. Yeah. And then the rest have just been crap. Well, I'm going to get a spoiler turn on this one, guys, so beware. Um, I thought up until... Basically up until the episode where you find out where Beth went when she got yeah. kidnapperised. Um, I thought all of that was amazing. Yes. Like, the way they got out of Terminus was brilliant. Um, the whole stuff Carol, with basically. the yeah, Just the Carol. whole stuff with um 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 the priests and the cannibals, amazing. Like that was all brilliant. Um, but then it sort of started slowing down, and I think the mid season that really registered. I should probably not do that. Um, <laughs> just slapped the table and it just went. Rrr. Um, the mid series finale probably would have been better had I not known exactly what was going to happen from the get go because. I happened to check Instagram and Norman Reedus put up a photo of him holding dead Beth. Okay. Well, and I, I was didn't like, get well that. you're I just... a massive penis and no, I don't care. And I was just waiting for her to die. And when she did, I was really annoyed because there was no reason for her to stab that hospital lady because that wasn't going to fix anything at all. Like, but she's just... a child. I think, you know. Yeah, it was just so I'm, I'm glad she's dead now, though. I'll I just think it was, it was it was a pretty pointless episode, really, in the end. Mm. Um, I think the whole hospital stuff was difficult because I feel like to really get into the psychology of everybody in the hospital to understand why people were so much not wanting to be there, it needed more time. Yeah. It's one of the few things that they could have stretched out that they didn't bother doing. So I actually had no investment in what was going on in the hospital why they felt they needed to sort out what was going on in the hospital or indeed why they wanted to leave because I thought, do you know what, it might be a little bit shit, but him safe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, in many ways that's the same as, like, the governor's thing and the SD, um, CDC clinic mm. from the first season. And it, it kind of had, had, had bits that were just a bit repetitive of it. Yeah. But did you see the after-credits scene? Because I didn't realise there was one until the other day. I don't day, think I did. And someone told me. Did we reach? I don't remember. In the very last episode, so I had to go back and watch that. Oh, is it that guy again? Yeah. Oh, thanks for the wine. Yeah. What guy again? Um, <laughs> you can't just say that guy. The guy from the very first episode of season one. You oh, the yeah. guy who, the, the black dude? Yes. Okay. 
I don't remember the power his name. Ooh. I don't remember his name. I don't think well. Because you saw him again in the, in the season before, didn't you? Yeah. When they went, yeah. and he went a bit mental because his son had died. Yeah. Or whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, so there, there's him and he he finds the church after they've all left. and Isn't that full yeah. of zombies now? No. I thought that's why they left the church. Oh, I don't know. Didn't they they, they kill him when the ginger bloke came down and saved him at the end. Oh yeah, look that ginger guy. Is it What's his name? I after forget. the uh, air quotes cure bit. Which again was a thing from reading the comics that I was waiting for the minute it was introduced. Yeah, I was going to say, but the thing was, like... I think Key said this when we recorded with him before, is that that bloke, you could tell he wasn't a scientist of any sort of description. There was no way you'd look at that guy and go, he's definitely got a cure for whatever this is. Can't even Um, cure his own (laughs) bullet. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, it was, uh, yeah. I think this series was definitely better than the last, but I think the last was very coloured for me by that half of a series where they just wandered around in the woods a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I do think this season was definitely a step in the right direction and I'm intrigued to see where it goes because now we've obviously fucked off the whole hospital situation so we've got to go in a different direction now with the other half of the series so I'm intrigued to see where that goes have you heard about this whole campaign that they're doing about sending spoons into the production company to try and get them to bring Beth back no and I'm like well how's that going to work though she took a bullet to the brain yeah but they'll just have to instantly kill her or keep her as a pet either way it's shit you can chop her arms off like Michonne's pets yeah but that wouldn't really be having Beth back would it well no it wouldn't (laughs) so I don't quite understand what people are trying to achieve here plus I'm pretty sure the other half of the series has been filmed there yeah so it's not going to happen sorry guys stop sending spoons in I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's something behind it, but don't know. anyway, I can get behind you going for that though. But I, I, yeah, like I, I, I still enjoy it. It's it's you know it, it, the production values are high and mm. the acting ninety percent of it's yeah, decent. Yeah, I I do think it's a it's a really good show. I just feel like it suffers from having too many episodes a series and needing to. Um, kick you in the dick every mid-season finale. Yeah, I think the mid-season finale harms it generally because yeah. it has to rush the storyline that it's doing and then you have to you know yeah and then it's got to do something special yeah. when it gets out well, um, although I don't think Beth dying was a major no thing to end I think on. it was one of those things that if you don't read the comics it probably did kick you in the teeth because you're probably not used to the fact that anyone can die at any given moment yeah whereas if you do read the comics that to me was nothing because I don't really like her as a character and I'm pretty aware that nobody's really safe except Rick they're never going to kill off Rick. No. Except maybe in the last issue. It's just like, ah, whatever, fuck it, they're all dead. Where is Carl? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I bet the mic didn't pick that one up and we just sound like lunatics laughing at nothing. Anyway. Speak for yourself. Well, that was your number two, wasn't it? It was indeed. Well, my number two is Constantine. Uh-huh. Okay. Because, hooray, it's fucking brilliant. Um, I was concerned when they said they were going to do a Constantine show because uh, even though I haven't seen the movie, I've been reliably informed that it's Gash. <laughs> um, all right, not Gash, but not Constantine. Um, I think a lot of that was Keanu Reeves and Shia LaBeouf. But well, yeah, sure. uh, yeah. It's a mistake of a person. But I was concerned. But then when they, you know, when they released that one image of um, Matt Ryan looking so totally John Constantine-y, yeah. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm sold. I pretty 
pretty happy with the series. I think it does a really good job of making Constantine very Constantine-y without making him... Like, he's obviously a bit softer than he should be. Yeah, I mean... But I, that's for Tilly, I, I think guess. for me, it, it's it's more sort of New 52 Constantine as opposed to yeah. Hellblazer. Yeah. Constantine. But I actually but, quite like New 52 Constantine. Yeah, yeah. He's it, fairly similar. He just says bollocks a lot less. That's true. It, 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 I don't suppose it could ever be as dark as the comics mm. and all the stuff. And that's what, you know, obviously one of the, the great things about comics is that you can do this stuff that you can't do on TV. Yeah. And that was why Hellblazer worked. And mm. it's never going to be Hellblazer. But I definitely think it's it's good as a standalone show. Yeah. There are, there are times I have slight issues with the accent. I don't know what accent he's going for. Yeah. And that's the problem I have. Because it's not a generic, like, you know, proper English accent. But mm. it doesn't sound scouse. Cause it's no, not- I know he's Welsh, but it's not a Welsh accent he's doing, is it? And he's not doing scouse, and he doesn't really sound like he's trying to do a cock and eye. But so I don't really know. It what's is obviously yet. for an American accent, and that's what they expect. An American audience, even sorry, yeah. and that's what they expect from it. So, mm. but yeah, um, compared to obviously the pilot with the the new girl they've got in from episode two. Oh yeah, she's better. I think she fits a lot better. Yeah, she's got her boobs out like frequently, hasn't she? Not entirely out, but like. They're always pretty displayed. I've noticed that. Maybe uh, I should. I wasn't focused on that. Really? I was, yeah, I was focused on my personality. She's um no, she's a much better actress, and I think yeah. the idea of her power, as yeah. it were, is is better. Um, because while this other other bird's power of being able to spot trouble is really helpful, having the vague edge of vaguely knowing what that trouble might even be is a better thing for the show because they don't have to spend so long in setting up or finding out. It's just like, oh, this is what this is. Let's go in and kill it in the face. Yeah, it, they, they still have to try and tie it into that map, don't they, from, yeah. the, from that first episode. So I don't know how long that, that'll last. But but no, I, I definitely think she's she's better. I didn't watch the, uh, the leaked pilot. I only saw it when it was... Neither did I. But compared to lots of people on the internet. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I saw it when when they said they had that final scene set in mm-hmm. Zed up. Yeah, um, it was uh, it wasn't that different, um, to be honest. Yeah, I think the th- the thing I really like about it is the fact that it's very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I've drunk too much wine. Um, yeah, thing. <laughs> um, it's like it's very supernatural, but without being. It's not pandering. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not like here's a here's a werewolf because you all know about werewolves and isn't that fun and great and like here's a vampire because yeah vampires are popular right now. It's like here's a weird fucking demon that's inhabiting a record. You're like, uh, yes, please. It's really good. Um, and I think the writing's been done really well. I think they're they're kind of relying too much on the religion aspect over the last couple of episodes. I think that might hurt the cause of getting it. Renewed or well, continued. It's, it's coming back, isn't it? But yeah. it's moving to 8 o'clock instead of 10, which worries me a tiny bit because that might mean even more, less Constantininess. That wasn't a sentence that made any fucking sense, but you know what I was going for. <laughs> I really want it to carry on, though, because um, I think it's brilliant. I like the guy. I like Chaz. I love Chaz. I said to Rich the other day that it's a bit weird. I've got a bit of a crush on Chaz, even though he's that not at all attractive. <laughs> I but... don't know what's wrong with me. I'm getting older. I'm going for the older men, I guess. And even um, what's his name? Harold Perrineau is the the angel. I love him. And, yeah, yeah, he's really good. I uh, I'm just so so sold on it, completely sold on it. And I I think it's probably the closest to Constantine and Hellblazer that they could get in a TV show. Yeah. So I'm 
very happy on on a on a a, a network network TV yeah, without yeah, going. Like if it if it wasn't like if it was something that they could show at like midnight on a really bizarre channel, I think we could potentially get away with a bit more. And do you know what? People really need to stop getting their ass in their hands about him smoking. It makes no fucking you, difference. You don't actually see him smoking, though, do you? No. You see him lighting up a cigarette at the end or stubbing a cigarette out, but you never actually see him inhaling yeah, and exhaling. So they're like, kind of pandering to, to... Well, not pandering. They're kind of meeting both sort of markets with it. Yeah, it, it annoys me that people are so hit up about it because I'm like, I understand that he, he's a smoker, but that's not... It's not that important a part of his character that it needs... I don't mm. think it is because it doesn't change him in any way if True. he doesn't smoke. We haven't seen him drunk yet. True. Which I think obviously was a big part. He does of it drink well. a lot in it, though, doesn't yeah. he? He's almost constantly got a glass of scotch or something. Well, that's it? good. That, that that's the way it should be. Mm. Yeah. As oh. we say here, sipping on our oh, it's really nice. old wine. Mm, tasty. Anyway, let's hear your number one. My number one is uh, True Detective. Ooh. I'm definitely going with that. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, that was something that came from nowhere, mm. and it really just pushed all the right buttons for me. Um, I feel like if I'd have paid attention to it, I would have loved it. But I think I missed part of the first episode because I was like having a bath or something. I think it was a, a thing Rich didn't think I'd be interested in, so he just started watching it. And so then I just didn't pay attention. So I was around a lot when it was on, but I was like reading comics and stuff at the same time. So I didn't really. Yeah, I just I think McConaughey is amazing in it. Yeah, and just the, the difference between him in the past and him in the present is 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 stunning, and, mm. and he's really creepy in it towards the end. Mm. So there is that moment of doubt where you think, possibly, you know, was he behind it all along? And it, I, I, it's just really good because it's like part gumshoe detective, police procedural, horror. It, it mixes a lot of the genres in. Mm. And I just think it was something different. I definitely and need to watch The it. fact that the second season is not going to have any of the same characters and it's going to move on, I think that's really good. I like the idea, but I think it depends entirely on who they cast. But, yeah, was it, they it, announced it could, Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughan, is it? That Which can't I, be a, that's got to be a joke. I, that's got to be a joke so. announcement. Vince Vaughan is not a detective, is he? He's not a detective, so they haven't announced the detectives, or is Colin Farrell one? Colin Farrell one. Okay. See, as much as I love him, I don't know if I could get behind that. But I'm not a big Colin Farrell film, but a, 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 a Colin Farrell fan. But obviously, in Bruges was amazing. Well, yeah, yeah. And he can. He can act. He yeah. just he doesn't all the time. Well, yeah, but, but I'd, I'd, I'd have said the same about Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey at times. Taylor Kitch and Rachel McAdams as well. I like Taylor Kitch, although I only know him as Gambit. I kind of loved him as Gambit. That's a different story. Are they? Are either of those detectives rich? Or are we okay? Just checking my encyclopedia, also known as Rich. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I def- definitely recommend watching that. Mm-hmm. And that's got some of the not kind of mystical elements of of, of that I like about Constantine, but the kind of the darker undertones, mm, the atmosphere. Yeah. No, I do, I do, the bits I did watch, I did really enjoy, but of course, missing the first episode, like a lot of it was completely over my head for the, for the most part of the rest of the series, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. But from what I could, from what I watched, I think the performances were brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I do need to give it a bash properly, I think. That's what Christmas holidays are for, catching up on telly. Oh, I'm so happy that our lists haven't, like, had any of the same things on it. Because my number one's not true detective. Yeah, no, I know. I can guess what your number one's going to be. Go on. No, no, I'll, I'll let you talk about it. It's the Flash. It is the Flash. Ah, so 
fucking good. Okay. So fucking good. Right. You don't like it, do you? You're pulling a face. It wouldn't have made my top ten, to be fair. <gasps> uh, I just inhaled so hard, I almost had palpitations. Yep. But oh, okay. Let's talk about the good things. Uh, all of it? All of it. The end. No. To, <laughs> to be fair, it's not perfect. I will give it that. The Flash is probably the closest to a comic book you can get on the telly, I think. And that's why I love it so much, because it's kind of unashamedly comic booky. Um, and it does it so well, because the problem that I've had with other comic book stuff is it takes itself a bit too seriously. Like, Arrow does my fucking nut in. Because it's so up its own arse, it could, like, lick its own tonsils. It's ridiculous. See, of the two, I prefer Arrow. See, I just Arrow's just too... But- Grim I, I agree like, with you, yeah, it's, it, it's not it's Everything not about it is, is grim, and, um, like, the only thing about The Flash that I'm not entirely keen on is Iris, and I think that's probably uh, yeah. the only thing. Like, if in a perfect world, what we'd do is we'd cancel Arrow, and we'd bring Felicity over to, to Flash, and we'd just fuck off Iris somewhere. Job done. Sorted. I think, yeah, she's probably... Oh, and she can bring Ray Palmer with her as well, because, yeah, he's great. She's She's probably a big part of why I don't like it. Not her personally, but the whole cliche trope of the boy likes the girl yeah. and she doesn't know and well, he I lives think, with her for years. I was going to say, I think the thing that's kind of creepy is the fact that they're raised as a bit of a family. Yeah. So the, even the dad's all right with it. The dad's it's not with it. it's incestuous, fine. but it kind of is. Um, it's a bit creepy. But the, the mid-series finale for that was so totally top tits. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's it's been a slow start. And for me, it's got a lot of... Comparisons in my mind to the first season of Buffy. Right. It's it's very slow. It's got villain of the week, villain of the week, villain of the week. I like that. It's got Captain Fucking Cold. And he wore his anorak with the hat with the forehead. Maybe it's because I haven't read the the comics, but it just meant (laughs) Um, nothing to me. I know all the characters. I know I know who they are. Um, But yeah, and it's got the very Buffy gang, Scooby Doo gang vibe to it with these two. You know, teenage prodigies, even though they drink beers, they're 21. So they must be, you know, adults, but yet they're, they're like 16 year olds mm. in this lab and they're computer geek scientists and they, they, they make him a costume and they have adventures every week. And <laughs> That's it, exactly it, it's what all I'm all about. You're just naming everything I think is great. <laughs> but then I think, as I say, Buffy got better as the seasons went on mm. and the characters actually got some personality and, and some whatnot. And I, I think Flash will do the same. It's got better within the episodes yeah. as it's got on. And let's say the mid-season with the uh, reverse Flash was a, a good episode. <gasps> so good. And obviously yeah. the, the, the bloke in the wheelchair you knew was dodgy from day one. Yeah. yeah. He's not reverse Flash, though. He can't be. He's not. Well, you know. The laws of time, as I understand them in comics, he shouldn't be able to beat his past self up. Why not? Because that caused some kind of rift. In certain things, I maybe. Know. I... I have a theory about it being either could be it could be bunnies, uh, or it could be Christmas, Christmas, or it could be nobody else suggests anything. Um, Eddie Thorne or one of his littlins, because <laughs> like he made a point himself of saying, "Why didn't he kill me when he had the chance?" That's true. Because he can't, because it's past self or something mm, like yeah. his dad or something crazy. That's my theory. Uh, oh yeah, spoilers. <laughs> But I just, I think, I pretty much love everything about it. I'm basically in love with the guy who plays Barry Allen. He's wonderful. I'm really excited for all the little hints they keep dropping about 
characters who might appear yeah. is brilliant. Um, I'm pretty sure that Cisco is vibe, and even though he's a terrible character, <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see how they deal with those sort of powers on the screen. And Captain Cold was in it; he was amazing, and I basically love Flash, so it just ticked all of my boxes. So happy. I know you seem like the crossover episode with Arrow. They made Arrow be even more of a dick than usual. Yeah. They, they oh, kind yeah. of ramped up the factor to distinguish the two. Like you yeah. say, one's a family fan and one's a, a, a stone-cold killer. Yeah, I didn't really like the, the crossover, the Arrow half, because he was just a massive bellend the entire time. And I was like, I'll just fuck off and go and whinge somewhere, you big emo twat. Like, he's just so mopey all the time. And the mid-season finale, that was gash. Well, yeah. Like, that ending, you know that can't can't be a thing. Mm. They're not going to do that in the middle of a series, and it'd be true. I'm trying really hard not to spoil that one. don't know That's why right. I spoil everything I else. think we've... we've <laughs> moving on to Arrow, my biggest issue with Arrow in, in 2014 is that every fucker under the sun now knows his identity. Yeah. There are so oh, yeah. many people that every week just learn who he is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I, d- I think that one of the problems with a lot of comic book anythings like films or TV shows is they spend a lot of time either not wearing their masks for some reason but wearing their full costumes mm. or hanging around yeah. people and then mysteriously disappearing <laughs> there's like there's a lot of because uh, it happens a lot in Flash where even though he like whizzes away and whizzes back again there's still like noticeable periods during difficult times when he's not there and it's like where's he gone yeah <sighs> strokes chin and that mysterious voice that he can do with his vibrating voice box situation sounds exactly like him well it's, exactly it's better like than Oliver him. Queen's arrow voice his Batman voice yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Christian Bale voice <laughs> yeah I'm not convinced that I'll stick with arrow to be honest unless it crosses over with Flash again <laughs> that's fair enough um, but Flash is all kinds of tops, and I'm in love with it. It'd have to do like take a pretty wrong turn for me to start disliking it. Hey, TV. More thumbs up. Mm-mm, wine. All right, shall we take it in a different direction now and move Come on in. to... Uh, uh, let's go for songs or albums. Did you go songs or albums? I went for songs. Okay. Um, I went I for albums. Because 20... if I was going for songs, I'd just say Taylor Swift Shake It Off five times. Yeah, well, I, I purposely <laughs> didn't put that on my list because I thought <laughs> you'd definitely say that at some point today. <laughs> It's my anthem of the year. Um, I think, I'd say 2014 has been like my year of TV. Mm-hmm. I've just really watched a lot of TV. Um, I don't think I bought a single album in 2014. Well, I realised as I was compiling my list that I'd, I've listened to maybe six albums in their entirety in this year. So picking five of them, <laughs> it's just like, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I listened to like, I mean, 2013, I, I think I went to like 40 gigs. I went to like a gig every week and bought so many albums and stuff. And so a lot of those bands haven't released albums this year. And I do like 90% of my mu- listening to music either at work or commuting to work. Mm. So for me, Spotify is a godsend and, and you know, YouTube, etc. So for that reason, I don't, I haven't bought a lot of full albums. I bought lots of singles and songs still, but I just haven't had full albums this year. Ooh. I'm intrigued to do this now because if you've done songs, We'll just go through all five of yours first, and then we'll, we'll do all mine. I've, you know, been like a, a bit of a twat, and I can't generally, because <laughs> um, I, I kind of struggled to to bring it down to like five. Okay, have you got some honourable mentions? <laughs> no, no, no. So what I've done instead is I've taken out the kind of obvious ones, mm-hmm. um, and I've gone for five songs on independent labels. Okay. That, 
99.99999% of everyone listening to this will not say, have heard of. I was going to say, this is going to be where you make me look like a tit, because I'll just be like, never heard of it. Well, exactly. No, no one no one will have heard of it, so it's just kind of like giving the uh, <laughs> the, the little boys a push. That sounds a bit wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, supporting independent artists and that yeah. kind of malarkey. So it's a bit of no interest to anyone but me. Fair enough. But I'll like we still want to give you the links and stuff, and you can okay. whack it up for people if, yeah. if whatnot. Do a quick rundown. Do so a quick rundown. Yeah, go on. I want to know how many of these I've heard. Zero. You'll have heard zero. Guarantee you'll have heard really? zero. Yeah. These are things that most of them are stuff on like... Are uh, any of them Lady Gaga? No, none of them Lady <laughs> Gaga. Sorry. Go on. I'm intrigued. A lot of them will be stuff on kind of like SoundCloud or uh, Bandcamp. Okay. So yeah, there's stuff on won't have heard of any of minor these. labels and, and whatnot. <laughs> you really did go deep cut. Well, yeah, I thought, you know, if I'm going to do something weird, I might as well do something weird. Okay. Just reel them um, Well, number five is, well, the song's by Cat uh, Dowling. You're right, I've never heard of them. Yep. But it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a um, remix by Elaine May. Also never heard of them. Yep, it. yep, yep. That's the way it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the song's basically called Somebody Else. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm going to listen to these later and you, then you editing bits where I go, cool, that was well good, wasn't it? Or, ugh. Like that one it's going to be a. Uh, this is. No, um, <laughs> have faith in your musical. Taste no, no, I, I like what I like. I have a. Uh, I, I'm kind of mellowing in my 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 musical tastes, and I have lots of interest coming you know, in. I was going to say, I was talking to Richard the day about how terrible I've gotten lately, because for some reason I've started liking things like Lady Gaga and Bruno Mars, and I don't know what's happening to me, Phil. <laughs> well, I think neither of those two I, I personally like, but it's it's looking back. It's and I think the, the the Thought Bubble Party is a great example of this. Yeah, I think Thought Bubble for like six hours we danced unashamedly to stuff that at that secondary school I would have turned my nose up at, <laughs> or you know like been taken outside and beaten the shit out of. <laughs> there was me dancing to Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys, and you know I've reached that age where once you get past like your music snobbery or your your fear of dancing and being mm-hmm. looked shunned that you know a good pop song is a good pop song yeah and yeah and who doesn't love a good dance exactly rich well <laughs> key dance oh do the key dance no one can see no this no one can see that that's right um, so my fourth favourite song would have been a song called by Ali X and the song is called Catch again no idea that's fine I'm sure it's great um, and that's free on <laughs> SoundCloud. What? <laughs> you. Shut up, right. Rand. I love you, kid. I like the fact that you've just admitted to listening to, to watching EastEnders. Okay. <laughs> for that song. Can we edit this shit out? <laughs> um, my third choice would be a band called Solomon Gray. Uh, <laughs> and the song's called Blue. Does um, it go, I'm blue, dabble, It doesn't, actually. Oh. It doesn't. Um, it's, it's failed. Uh, the, the song is, is free to download from their website. Number two and number one are on iTunes and Spotify as well. Okay. But they're still independent I'm labels. still not going to have heard of them. Um, number two is Love Stars. And the song is Get Your Sexy On. I like the sound of it already, though. I, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you would. It sounds good. Uh, and number one is by a band called Blushes, and that's spelled B-L-S-H-S. No, B-L-S-H-S. Yeah, I was right first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the song would be uh, Runaway. 
I'm going to put those in you and then that. I will add my thoughts I'll give you at a later date when I've yeah, heard things. People can get some feedback. <laughs> you love the feedback. I do love the feedback. Validate me. Um, well, I picked albums because I'm terrible at knowing, as I said earlier, I'm terrible at knowing when things came out. And it's much more difficult to find out when a song came out than when an album came out. There's this thing I called find. the internet I and know, it quite I'm easily lazy. lists things. I'm lazy. Okay. Um, so I went for... Uh, Are they handcuffs? Uh, you, you'll have probably heard of all of these. Yep. And I've just noticed from looking at my list that it's all women. That was purely accidental. Song parody. Yeah. Um, number five was uh, Sharon Van Etten's Are We There album, which is very good. I feel really bad, though, because um, Rich and I went to see her at the Institute, question mark, in November. Yep. But um, <laughs> we actually went on a day where I'd had an away day at work. And had a really shit time and then had a panic attack. So <laughs> so by the time I got to the gig, I was very tired and very achy because our away day involved a lot of physical activity that I was not excited about doing well, at all. What's an away day? It's a, basically, it's a day when you don't you, your boss takes you somewhere for free and you do fun activities and team building exercises and then have a little meeting to talk about how we can improve things at work. Wow. It's to like build morale. It's usually really shit. Um, but this time they took us to a place called Acker's Adventure, which is one of those like... Places that does like skiing and jungle challenges and like weird assault course situations, which is the opposite of fun for me. Like so I can't think of anything I want to do less. Who runs your work while you're out there in the jungle? Uh nobody. It's Answer Phone City awesome. for a day. Right, cool. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully there are no emergencies. So yeah, we went on this away day, and um, in trying to do an assault course, and by that I mean just walking up the hill to get to the assault course, uh, I had a massive anxiety attack, and uh, didn't didn't want to do it at all because it was really slippy, and for some reason we chose to start it at like quarter past three, just when it was starting to get dark, and it was drizzling, and I was like, I really don't want to do an assault course in a forest in the mud when I'm about to go to a gig. Yeah, so by the time I got to the gig, I was really like. Just like completely deflated. I was just really tired and really grumpy and really embarrassed at having had a panic attack in front of everyone at work. So I didn't really enjoy the gig as much as I should have. But technically she was amazing, like properly amazing. But I just like found the entire time just wanting to cry and go, <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to go to bed. Um, so that was a bit depressing. Uh, sorry, That's Sharon right. Van Etten. I apologise. Um, and then my number four was Foxy's Glorious. Album. Okay. Was that this year? Yeah. Okay, probably. No, no, you're probably right. <laughs> You've made me doubt myself. Encyclopedia Rich. What year did Fox's Glorious album come out? Oh, April this year. Ah, there you go, this year. April. Who can remember fucking April? <laughs> yeah, the world's probably going to go and see it, like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stupid Kieran Ray, not buying us tickets. Bastard. Um... I just like this album a lot. Yeah, no? It's good, isn't it? It's, uh, it's mostly a fairly fun album that you can, like, dance around to when you're trying to do your hair. If you're a girl. I, yeah, I do uh, that a lot. I also sing it a lot in the shower, which I think annoys Rich quite a lot. But it's pretty good. I like all the singles that I've heard. Mm -hmm. I think I must have heard those before the album came out. Yeah. Or at least the ones that were released. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Fun good. character. Um, and then number three was First Aid Kits Stay Gold, which you look... Oh, I don't see the appeal. Really? I, I really don't get it. It's, um, I don't know what it is about it, but it's kind of a bit weird and ethereal. I think ethereal? That's nice, nice. That's a good word for two, uh, I'm getting really rosy, aren't I? A little bit. For two, uh, two glasses of wine. Um, now I, it, when did, I think, oh fuck, put my teeth in, try that again. <laughs> uh, we saw them on 
think it was an episode of Jules Holland. Okay. And I was like, don't know who these are. And Rich was like, shut up, they're the best things since sliced bread. Uh, so I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, they are actually pretty good. Are you Downloaded both going to see the album. I don't think we are. Okay. I think we missed the boat on tickets for that one. I'll see what I can do. Pretty sad. Oh, thanks, Phil. But I've been pretty much relentlessly listening to their album since. This is why I suck at music, because once I get to like an album, I don't stop listening to it for about three months. And I can't listen to anything else, because it throws me off. Um, so that's been like the sort of last quarter of this year <laughs> for me. Um, it's just really like, it's kind of folksy and really pretty. And uh, and they've both got slightly foreign voices, which I really like. I love a good accent. That's, well, yeah, that's true. And that's a, a running theme here. Yeah. Uh, number two was St. Vincent's St. Vincent album. Um, another person that I saw this year who was amazing. Uh, weird thing though, she decided it'd be a really good idea to climb on top of the crowd and then have them pull her up onto the balcony so she could walk around that part of the crowd as well. I thought she was going to fall and die. Uh, but she's just amazing. No, yeah, she's got a she's great like, voice. She's got a wonderful voice. She's like, super talented at the guitar. She's fucking fit as balls. She's basically everything that I wish I was. <laughs> she's just like, if she was like the per, she's just like the perfect person. Okay. And that album's really wicked. Um, and then my top album was Jenny Lewis's The Voyager. Okay, yeah. Another person I saw this year who um, I've been totally oblivious of. I, I'm aware she's been around for a really long time, um, but for some reason didn't start paying attention to her until this album came out. Yeah. And then went to see her live and she blew my fucking socks off. No. Impressed or So with, obviously there's, there's a theme with that. So do you listen to albums or bands you're going to see? Or artists or, um, or do you... So, sometimes I do. I mean, because I, I did a really terrible job when we went to see Nine Inch Nails this year, paying attention to anything of theirs. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that that gig was a weird one for me because it was like all the songs that I know I really like, but the only ones I knew were ones that were on Rock Band. Right. Which is about okay. three. So, I, and I didn't bother listening to like, any albums. I think I tried with teeth like the day before. <laughs> I was like, a peculiar one to come into, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, that'll do. Um, so I d- it depends on the mood that I'm in. And apparently this year I'm very much in a vagina mood. That's fair enough. So- <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I think this year kind of like 90% of my music has been the Gardens of the Galaxy soundtrack, which See, doesn't count as an album. I was going to say, are you talking the score or the awesome mix? The awesome mix. I've been listening to the score a lot. I'm, I, I am a bit weird in the sense that like um, I can't do two things at once. Yeah. So if I want to read comics on the bus on my iPad... I can't listen to music that has lyrics because otherwise I pay too much attention to the music and I can't read the comics because I'm a mental. So I'm, I'm, no, I, I'm fine with singing, but I can't listen to podcasts while, well, I, yeah, while I'm reading or while I'm at work that. or anything. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, lyrics are fine. You can sort of see where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, 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 I get that. It, make, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, so I have a lot of like soundtracks that I listen to when I'm doing other things. Mm. And and the, the score to Guardians is, is a really good one. I tried to... I, Tried the Interstellar one the other day. Is that how you said That sounded really weird. <sighs> I'm definitely drunk. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's not very good. When I think that one probably benefits from the visuals of the film. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Haven't seen the it yet either. One just well, uh, probably. I didn't get that far in. But the first one just has the sound of the ocean for a really long time at the start of the first track. And I was just like, now I need to pee. 
So that's never good. No, um, but uh, yeah, those are my five albums. I, I'm gonna like try and interpret yeah, yeah, music albums. and say it's gonna be difficult. But um, yeah, like if it was songs, it would just be like Taylor Swift. Seven, well, yeah, that was why I kind of didn't go because I, I figured that Taylor Swift would be on there. Uh, fancy. Yep. And yeah, I thought there's no point. <laughs> I'm still counting. The same I'm still counting two one two as a song from this year because okay. that's when the album came. Okay. <laughs> So that would definitely be on That's the list. has been a song like the last four years. Yeah. How long does it take for that fucking album to come out? It's not very good. Have you listened to it? Yeah. It's not very good. Yeah. So from that song. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, do you want to take it to films or comics? What's going to be the best to... We'll say we'll do comics next. We'll say films. Okay. 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 Well, you obviously don't want it. You, you seem... No, that's fine. No. I was just trying to fathom out what my list was saying because of all the graffiti. Um, okay. Yeah. Comics, go. No, you start. Oh, right. Yeah. Calm down. Uh, my number five was issue one of Witches. Okay. Which right. I've done a read of recently. It's by Scott Snyder, I want to say, uh, yeah. with art by Jock. And it is about creepy tree witches doing creepy things. Uh, there's a kid involved and people are blaming the kid for the creepy things. I'm trying not to spoil because it's fairly recent and pretty good. But basically, it's kind of creepy and kind of brilliant and... <laughs> I love you trying to subtly open that can of lager. It's still picked up. It's still picked it up. Awesome. Yeah, the artwork in it's amazing. I don't think I've ever read anything that Jock's done before. Mm, The Losers? No. Green Arrow Year One? Don't think so. Batman and Black Mirror? Don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at Jock, uh, but he's wonderful. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, now I feel sad that he's been at like every thought bubble I've ever been at, and I've just been completely unaware that he's amazing. <laughs> to be fair, the cues to get to him are always massive because uh, obviously he does all his Mondo prints and stuff. Mm. And, yeah. yeah, no, it's a really good. Like I've only read the first two issues, and I think the third one maybe just came out or is about to come out. I'm not sure, but it's really good so far. I am so on board with it, and I don't want to say anymore because I'm spoiler. I, I didn't. I read the first issue, and picked mm-hmm. it up. I didn't dislike it, but it didn't instantly hit, hook me. It might be something I'll come back to in digital issue trade two is later. Definitely better. Or, okay. Um, the first one is, oh, I thought it was really good anyway, but the issue two is definitely better. That's good. I've got more in face. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. <laughs> Just negates all the effort I tried to put in. Yeah, with his stealth it. can. <laughs> no, I'm leaving um, it all in. <laughs> Me? Yeah, yeah okay. go on. Um, number five, I'm going to stay on the Scott Snyder boat, train, um, and I'm going to go for Batman Eternal. Yes. Thumbs up to that. Um, my list was very almost no Marvel or DC at all at one point, Ooh. and it was very almost five titles from Image at one point. Mine mine has no Marvel or DC, I've just noticed. Yeah, uh, mine kind of snuck in at the end. Telling. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't think I've read any Batman since Hush. Mm. Um, Batman stories tend to kind of bore me. They're very similar. Yes. A lot of the time. And, yeah, they, they, they do kind of blend into one, and it's, I don't think I could read Batman on a monthly basis, you know, week, mm. month in, year out kind of thing. It's a struggle. <laughs> um, but I think I picked up a digital version of Batman Eternal. Recently, and I was I was very surprised mm-hmm. that I enjoyed it because it had obviously it's a weekly comic, which yeah. is a fucking hard thing to to do. Yeah, um, and obviously there's a whole sort of TV room writing team on it kind of style thing with like two cast mm-hmm. uh, script writers and uh, etc. Two plot writers and the rest doing scripts, and then revolving artists. 
Um, but I was really surprised with how the entire cast gets a gets a look in. It's not just Batman doing his thing. There's Red Robin and Batgirl and Batwoman and Batwing and Bat Alfred and Bat Commissioner <laughs> and everyone else and, and everyone just it, it's it's a good little team team title. And it, it really surprised me how much I enjoyed the writing. And it's I'd say I know very little of well I know nothing of New Fifty Two Batman. Kind it's of not thing. that different to pre-52 Batman, yeah. except it's no longer, um, what's his chops? Dick Grayson? Yeah. Because he was Bats before, wasn't he, for a bit? So, I think the only car- character I didn't know going in was, is it Harper Rowe or, or Oh, yeah, I'm that. not sure I'm aware of her, though, and I've she been girl. reading. Yeah, but I've been reading that. Well, she's the transsexual, too. Is she? Yeah. Is she? I don't know. I forget. I'm up to about issue 15 of... Batman Eternal, I think, uh, and it's it stays pretty on the money. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere the in the mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with that, and it was just a, it was just a fun, decent sort of romp yeah. through the Batman world. I've I've been enjoying and it, and there's kind of lot, little mini arcs within the. Possibly the reason it's so tight is because it is a weekly series, and mm. it doesn't. It's not made for the trade, is it? It's, dra- it's not dragged down. It tells yeah. a story, and I think they've got to be a little bit more. Um, they have less time to tweak, if that makes Because sometimes yeah. I think you can have too much time to be like, oh, maybe I'll just change this a little bit, and then all of a sudden it becomes something entirely different. Yeah. Or crap. Whereas, yeah, I think Batman Eternal's been very... It's obviously a very tightly run ship that they're dealing with. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm a bit sad I forgot that on my list, actually. The rest of my list is pretty good, though. So. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, for my number four, I went for... What's uh, your number f- Issue 19 of Saga. Okay, you're going specific issues. Well, I was, yeah, because Saga's not technically from this year if you take the whole thing because it started in September last year. Right, okay, yeah. I I would recommend the whole fucking thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. But issue 19 in particular, like, sort of, the last page of that one, if you remember. Yeah, but I instantly know exactly what you're talking about. I know why you picked that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It was a brilliant issue because it was, although it was, like, a, a bit slower than previous issues and not, it was very much more focused on the family. As opposed to like the big, warry craziness. Yes. But it was emotionally much more gut wrenching, and uh, brilliantly written, and brilliantly drawn, and yeah, so good. It 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 surprised me. Um, I'm very what's the word? Shall we say, cold and cynical um, <laughs> to a lot of stuff. Oh. Um, I, I I am a c word. Yeah. You can yeah. say cunt. Okay, I'm a massive cunt. Um, case in point, and this is just goes to when I was uh, very, very young, my mother took me to a, a cinema re-release of Bambi, mm-hmm. and when Bambi's mother died, I laughed out loud <laughs> in the well, middle of a cinema, and see, my mum was so ashamed she had to take me out. I don't think that's that bad, because I that Bambi had no effect on me. He didn't make me laugh, but I didn't do a cry like most kids. I think that's the thing, and I've just been, I'm very aware of, it's on a screen, it's not real, mm-hmm. I no emotion, I can appreciate the acting and the process as you know as I've gone on and it's like yeah. but it's it's not real and it's like stuff I don't get freaked out by horror films or anything mm-hmm. yeah, if there's a loud noise I'll jump yeah you know, if so something's, if something's jumpy yeah, something you know, it, it, it could be bloody the Smurfs or Justin Bieber the movie or whatever <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's not like a, a horror movie trait if something makes me jump I'll jump I'm petrified of Justin Bieber <laughs> well, that's why yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I think I'm always kind of detached from anything that I, I either read or, or watch or whatever, you know, I, I can get things from it and I can see stuff. But that saga, that that was a proper, 
Yeah. <sighs> and, yeah. It, and and it's only like the 19th issue. It's it's not like I've had years and years of caring about these characters and I, and that, mm-hmm. but it just it just shows the writing and yeah. it, it's just great. I can't say enough good things about Saga. If you're not reading it, well, just start. Okay. Yeah. Just to, <laughs> to, to, to kind of like kick it in the dick. Saga's my number one for all those reasons that I've just, <laughs> just, oh, like, just established. Well, not really. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Sorry. But yeah, I've just I've just bit the, the run as a whole. Yeah, it is wonderful. 2014's worth. It's one of those books that um, it somehow manages to have like a big story, but also focus on the very little interpersonal things, but not. But neither side of the story suffers in at any yeah. point, and it's yeah. just, oh, it's just. And the the art is always beautiful. Yeah, I bought the uh, the hardcover the other day. Mm. That's, that's recently come out, and obviously it's got like, the first couple of trades worth, and all the sort of process stuff in the back, and just seeing Fiona Staples' artwork from because it's all digital and it's all it's all Lush. beautiful. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. I'd marry her, I think, if I wasn't already married. I want to have her artistic babies. <laughs> And that's artistic. Um, number four yeah. for me. Um, I'm going to say uh, Amazing X-Men. Okay. Which um, it, it was something that I didn't expect to like mm. and I'd kind of not considered but then thought about it. And it's it's probably one of the fringe X-Men books that's out of the way that's um, it'd probably be cancelled yeah. within the next year kind of thing because <laughs> it hasn't got Bendis doing it. But... It's very much, it's kind of, it's not connected to any storylines or any of the main stuff. It's just, it's like a fun 80s Clement kind of X-Men. Mm-hmm. And it's got Nightcrawler and Colossus and Storm and Wolverine. And it's very much like the stories I kind of grew up reading. The and it's Yeah. And it doesn't take itself too seriously. And the, the first arc, which I think started in 2013, but ended in 2014, um, brought back Nightcrawler and they were in heaven fighting demon pirates. Yep. And then the second arc, they were fighting the, the Wendigo werewolf things in Canada, and it's just, it's just, it's just, it's. I think it's. I like it for the same reason you like the Flash, mm-hmm. and probably for the same sort of emotional connections kind of thing. Like I say, you read a lot of Flash, and you win Captain Cold, etc. Oh. And for me, these are these are the X Men characters that I read as like a, a you know ten year old kind mm-hmm. of thing. And for me, it's just it's just a fun, unashamed, you know, enjoyment. I feel like I'm probably reading that, but I don't remember it, which is terrible. Uh, but that might be because I'm reading about 12 different X-Men titles and genuinely yeah, I, can't I, tell I, the difference. I can't do that anymore. There's I, two... Uh, I'm I'm going through a process of whittling down, and basically I'm just like, right, I'm giving everything one more issue. If the next issue of this I read isn't that great, it's, I'm fucking it off. <laughs> like, which is really terrible, but there's just too much. Especially with things like, you say, Batman and X-Men... Avengers stuff as well. I've got to fuck off some of the Avengers because I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. But I do, it's a shame because I do really like the X-Men um, and I want to be into it more, but I think it's, there's just an oversaturation problem. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year with this whole time runs out thing, if this is going to be a thing. complete reboot or, or whatever it is that they're teasing. and Because mm. they say it's not because they'll never do what DC do, but there's, there's definitely something big that Something's they've got planned. Happening. So Yeah. yeah. I'm concerned about that because if they did do what DC did, it didn't really work for DC. <laughs> so maybe they should I'd, think it through. It worked in sales. I mean, Batman's selling better than it has been for many years. Mm. But it's just the, the the week. I think 52. Obviously, there's a reason they chose the 52. But 52 is a lot of titles to regularly support. And yeah. by the amount that have cancelled and started and cancelled, it kind of shows. But Yeah. I'm not sold on DC at the moment. We're not friends right now. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm reading less Marvel DC than ever before in my life. Well, this is what I was saying about accidentally, you know, missing like a month's worth of comics because I couldn't be bothered. And now I'm finding it really hard to get back in because all the ones from the sort of smaller publishers that I read, like the Image stuff, the IDW stuff, it's so much easier to just read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why because it's not necessarily any any better. It's just it feels like at the moment it feels like DC is very bogged down in its own grittiness mm. and I can't be bothered. Anyway, that's I've had that argument several times. Uh, and we're talking about good things here that we yeah. love. Thumbs up okay. and everything. Um, for number three, I went with sex criminals. Okay. Uh, but I also specifically chose issue six because, again, sex criminals is a last year thing, I think, uh, for the most part. Um, but issue six was it went on a wee, a wee hiatus. Oh. And then when it came back, um, the initial stories were from the point of view of the bird, whose name I've temporarily forgotten in it. Yep. And when it came back with issue six, it started being from the point of view of John, question mark. I think his name's John. Um, Surname, question mark. Yeah. And it was better. And I liked it to begin with. Um, but having the swap of perspectives was a, a good way to keep it fresh. Okay. Um, and they delved quite a lot into his um, depression and anxieties and just stuff that you wouldn't normally see in a comic. But again, that didn't detract from the overall arcing storylines or, you know, the sexy time parts. And <laughs> it's just a really good book. And it's not what you would think, because when I first heard it was coming out, for some reason I just thought this was going to be a, a book about debauchery. <laughs> like, right. I was just oh, like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to be a book about, like, dominatrixes and things, and I'm not going to want to read it because it creepy. Um, but I gave it a go because lots of people were telling me it was really good and it was like almost the opposite of what I was expecting because even though obviously the sex is a big part of it it's not It's not like every issue here's a big massive ugly sex scene yeah, in the yeah. middle of your comic. I just really love it. And I really like the colouring. I, I should pay attention to who the colourist is because the colouring especially for the bits in the really disgustingly named cum world is really really nice. <laughs> You wouldn't expect it of a place called Cumberland. Well, I think that's probably the point. But it's really nice. It's artistic choice. Um, yeah, obviously it's not something that you could give your kids to read. If anybody was thinking, oh, maybe I'll pick this up and have a nice family read. No, uh, it's definitely for the grown-ups. But it's um, it's one of those rare comics that, that has a, a, a big thing going on in it, but also does a lot of dealing with personal stuff mm. and emotions and... Very small situations as well, without being shit. Well, I think given obviously uh, Matt Fraction's sort of online presence and the stuff, he talks very candid about his past and, and the, the stuff that's gone on with him, and mm -hmm. fair play to him. And he he always writes well, um, so that that doesn't surprise me that that, that comes out in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And I would, if anybody I know doesn't read it and he's an adult, I would recommend they did. Okay. You don't read it, do you? I don't know. Have a go. For um, it. I read it's the good. first issue. Yeah. And he, he wasn't. I don't think it was bad. Mm. It just it. I think it didn't have enough to hook me. Yeah, I do think it gets better. Right. I always give everything when I start reading a new thing. I always give it two issues because I think the first one is is almost always too much set up and you can't quite get into anything. Yeah. It has to be a really kick ass issue one for me to be like immediately hooked. I think my issue is like I can't kind of afford to do that. Yeah. Um, and especially now with kind of obviously the digital comics. If, if, you know, nine months down the line I want to go back and get stuff, it's like nine clicks on the app store kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's a lot easier to do. So, yeah, so. 
I'll let you know. It's, it, 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 it's hovering. <laughs> it, it's on my radar. It's on your peripherals. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's on my peripherals. <laughs> it's something to come back to when I'm not like trying to be a grown up and buy houses and shit. Yeah. That always does put a scupperings in your works. Mm. Your turn. My turn. Uh, number three, I'm going to go for um, Zero by Alish Kopp. I oh. presume I'm pronouncing his name right. Oh, think so. Yes. Um, I knew nothing about this person until Thought Bubble right when panel. he was on the panel, and he seems amazing, so now I want to be involved in things that it's, he does. It's really good. It's kind of like <coughs> a, a spy saga mm-hmm. storyline. Um, but it's spanning various sort of decades and following this one character. Um, and you kind of see where he's at at various points and then you'll go back and see what led to this. Um, and every, every issue has a different artist, which I find really kind of refreshing mm-hmm. with it. And, and it's, it's very clever in, in it's, it's takes the spy genre and, and it works really well. I can't kind of go too much into it <laughs> yeah. without giving specifics, but. Um, basically the guy, the what guy works for an agency who betrayed him or he betrays the agency and it's never quite clear and there's that, the, you know, the what if mm-hmm. behind it. But I, I definitely like that and he's definitely a name sort of that I've, I've taken notice of recently. Yeah. And his work is, is very sort of political and I notice he's gone on to do stuff for Marvel. He's doing like Secret Avengers and the new Winter Soldier as well. Oh, so it's okay. it's all very much that sort of political espionage kind of thing that he's he's known for at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did some other stuff for Image sort of earlier in his career. I think he did Wild Children um, and Change, I believe. I've read Wild Children. I haven't read Change. Um, but yeah, Zero, Image Comics. Good times. Image um, are doing so many good things. Right yeah, now. I'd say it, it, my list was almost sort of five Image. My next two are Image as well. <laughs> yeah, we ruined the number one. Well, it's not ruined. I'm sorry. No, no, it is. No, I am. He's somebody who's definitely on my radar now because I think he was very interesting to listen to on the panels that um, we saw in that thought bubble. So I'm intrigued, and I will probably snap all that up. Good times. Um, my number two was seconds. I don't know if you've. I have not. No. Okay, borrow it if you like. I've got okay. an actual physical book and everything. Love a good book. Um, this is the next thing from. Brian Lee O'Malley, yes. who is the dude behind Scott Pilgrim. It's nothing like Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I didn't think it <laughs> Which is be. probably the thing people should be aware of when going into it. Um, yeah. I, have you ever read Lost at Sea? Yes. Yeah, I like that too. Um, it's a bit more in that sort of vein. It's less about pop culture stuff and more about people and decisions and emotions and things. And the story essentially is, and I don't want to give it away too much, is that there's a bird who runs a restaurant called Seconds who's made a couple of decisions in her life that maybe weren't the greatest. And she gets given the opportunity to change them and then starts going a bit mental, trying to change basically everything to make it perfect. And pretty much the overall moral of the story is you can never be perfect and don't don't try too hard. Just accept things and enjoy yourself and don't be a dick. Um, but it's really good. It's, his artwork's lovely anyway. Yeah. Like I could look at Scott Pilgrim and think, especially the colour versions, they're really fit. Um, I could look at his art for forever. And um, the colouring in the book's really good as well because when the situations that she tries to change are coloured slightly differently so you can tell what's going on, um, it's really well written and structured. And I just sort of fell in love. I only read it this week and I was like, oh, and it almost uh, it almost overtook my number one. Ooh. Almost. But it didn't quite. Um, but it's lush. I think, yeah, I think that's... I have a feeling I may be getting that for Christmas. But 
it's it, it's on my to read list. Yeah, no, it's, it is really good. But, but I think you need to make sure you go into it not expecting video game references. And because yeah, I think I actually be... enjoyed this more than Scott Pilgrim, but it might be because I was more of a book reading nerd when I was younger. Right, I didn't really play many video games and things, and a lot of the references in Scott Pilgrim went entirely over my head. There was like the odd one or two that I was like, nah. I get that one. Yeah. Uh, and then you feel really special that you know what he's talking about. Um, so a lot of it sailed over my noggin, but seconds is just, it's so in my wheelhouse. I loved it. I think he, he probably had to do something very different yeah. from it, but obviously it's still archetypally him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, it's like he's got a really good way of writing characters that are likable, but not just like perfect. Yeah. So I think the, the problem with that a lot of comic book writers have is that they think that to write a character who is likeable, they can't have any negative traits. And nobody in the world exists like that. Everybody's got faults. Yeah. Or at least one. Like, you know, we can't, nobody's perfect. Um, and I think he's really good at writing characters who are actually fairly realistic. Yeah, I'm probably going to read it again later. Because I like it so much. That's good. Kind of a good book. In it, though. In it. In it. Yeah. Your turn. I want to get a drink. Um, I right. Have to make too much noise. So, uh, my number two for this year has been uh, The Wicked and the Divine. Ooh. Again, from Image. Yeah. Um, so, that's a uh, Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey, uh, Matthew Wilson joint, um, various editing teams and variant cover artist D people. Um, and basic premises. Um, is obviously it, what if the gods uh, came back and they had a certain lifespan before they died mm-hmm. etc and they come back as humans or in human bodies um, and I, I, I love it when Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey and Matthew Wilson work together mm-hmm. um, and obviously it's, it's a proper kind of collaborative team um, and yeah <laughs> um, the, yeah the, 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 the storyline it's it's obviously it, it's fiction and it's something that's not going to happen, but it's it's very much sort of tied in. You can tell that they they've done their research and it's, even things down to like the locations are all sort of places in South London that sort of I recognise. Um, and it's very much the way Jamie McKelvey draws his characters. He does a lot of research with fashion and haircuts, and it feels very modern, very very sort of crisp and mm-hmm. and uh, you can see by the amount of sort of kids that uh, cosplay uh, as, as the characters already it, it's obviously hit a nerve in the uh, the zeitgeist yeah. and it, I, I really enjoy it me too I um, wasn't expecting to enjoy it because I can't recall a Kieran Gillen written anything before that I've enjoyed <laughs> um, I tend to find him a bit pretentious okay. a lot pretentious and whilst I do think Wicked and Divine is a tiny bit I think the storyline's a lot more enjoyable to me than anything I've read before. So I remember reading Phonogram after everybody told me it was like the tits and I would love it and I was just like, snooze fest. Um, didn't enjoy it. See, I, I, I really get that, but I think a lot of it is that... Well, there's more music references yes, in that that I do the, get. The, the, the music is the stuff that I was sort of at at the similar sort of point in time. Mm. I'm probably about the same age as McKelvey, slightly younger than, than Kieran Gillen. But a lot of the bands and a lot of the stuff, and I say the references I pick up on, mm-hmm. and it's got that plus the whole sort of magical side of like the DC Vertigo early years sort of stuff. And while I'm not in like in some Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, magic is music suggestion, blah, 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 influence mm-hmm. kind of state of mind, 
I think that the, the two combine really well in that. But you can see how he's kind of grown as yeah, a writer. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and Phonogram was very much a, a sort of personal project, I, I suppose, with obviously the main character sort of semi-based on on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read Gillen's Loki. Oh, the or, Young Avengers stuff. Uh, no, the Journey into Mystery. Oh yeah. It was or really um, Iron Rich Man. Loved it, though. He's, he loved Rich. Was it Young Avengers or Journey into Mystery or both that you liked? Yeah, Rich liked them both. I, I like I Young Avengers. Sold on either, but I don't think I'm a big Avengers fan to be honest. So <laughs> I don't think that was down to him. I think Young Avengers was kind of again. It was it was a very sort of modern take on on Marvel, and it was very much about I don't know teenage angst and rebellion and whatever, but within mm. the context of a superhero thing. Obviously, it's, a lot of it was running away from your mother and mm. etc. But no, I think. Uh, um, the Wicked and Divine has, has, has basically taken that 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 team and sort of they've honed it on that. And yeah. this is definitely this is obviously there's less editorial control and it's it's their realm to do with whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I especially liked the the way the art changed with the colouring, um, with the scenes of the heads exploding in the first issue. Yeah, um, very sort of pop art style. And yeah, the, the, the ending of the first issue was not what you expected from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought it. I thought it was really good, and I, like I say, I wasn't expecting a whole, a whole lot from it. So, yeah, I'm on board. I am on board. Hey, so my number one. My number one was Saga. So yeah, to you. Yeah, um, my number one. If you listen to the last episode of Podcast on a Half Shell, you'll already know what this is. It's Turtles in Time issue two. I won't go too much into it now because I have rambled about this forever and I could ramble more about it forever because I loved it so goddamn much but just imagine a turtles book that's like smart and funny and well drawn and has a really good premise and then just kicks you in the fanny emotionally at the end and you've got like the world's greatest issue of anything the end okay yeah (laughs) so it's a story you know you you could take turtles out and put in a different character kind of thing It's, it's a story it's not it's, just because it's turtles. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, it's, um, I mean, obviously turtles stuff rates very highly with me anyway, uh, because of how much I love it. And I, I think IDW, I can't, I can't honestly think of an issue of, of their versions of the turtles that I've disliked, which is a pretty good record because I think they're rocking up to like issue 40 now or something, mm. plus all the little mini series and yeah. one shots and micro series and that. Um, so they're doing pretty well. But the Turtles in Time series was one I wasn't expecting much from because I don't normally dig time travel stuff because I get confused easily. Oh. And uh, Time yeah. travel is my pornography. I, <laughs> I love time travel. See, the thing is, I think too much about it. I think if I just read it and accepted it as it was, I'd be fine. But like, I read things and then I go, well, yeah, but if that happens, then that means I never go back in time in the first place and then that never happens. And, huh? and then I just get a bit mongy and I can't figure out life. Mm. Um, but... So, yeah, Turtles in Time, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from it. And the the first issue was very sort of light-hearted dinosaur romp situation. And I was thinking, oh, it's just going to be one of those like cute little stories mm. that's like, oh, look at the turtles, do some silly things like in the past yeah. or in the future. Yeah. Um, in time. But then it ended up actually having like consequences and things, and it was just pretty brilliant. Issue two was. Okay. Um, what What is it up to now? Is it... Uh, it finished the little mini series finished because it was only a four issue right, thing, okay. and then it was concluded in the annual. Okay. I think question mark, which is a bit mean because I think if you were expecting a four issue mini series and it didn't actually finish, it's pretty hard. 
But then when you say it's got repercussions, is those repercussions carried over into the main title or anything? Well, or? not really, because the turtles don't know about it, if that right, makes okay. any sort of sense. So is it's, it there in the background to cut for a writer to come back to at some point, possibly? I think or? so, right. yeah. If they didn't come back to it, it'd be a bit weird. It's a fairly big deal. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, though, because I think everyone's just going to read it. It's really good. But it was one of those... It was like that issue of Saga, just the last page. You, you get to the end of the story and you think, oh, that was quite nice. Oh, my heart! And it just punches you in the face. It's pretty mean, but good. God damn it. Films? Right, okay. Um, I have really slapped on films this year. Me too. Um, I think I've literally been to cinema like five times because I just hate people. People do suck. Um, I hate the, the, the small chairs at the cinema. I hate the people <laughs> that sit behind you and kick. I hate the kids that make noises. I think my I ideal just... time for going to the cinema is like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning or something. Yeah. When like yeah. no one's there but me and I can just be like... I, I much prefer just paying slightly more and getting a Blu-ray and laying down on my sofa or my bed and being able to pause it and go to the toilet and, and mm. just doing stuff. And I know that a lot of films are designed to be seen on the big screen. Um, and if there's a film I really want to see, I, I, I'll see it. But I just, I just haven't watched many films this year. Yeah, and no, there, I think been... I've seen about ten films that came out this year. <laughs> and there have been like hardly any on Netflix this year either. Mm. I mean, a lot of it's focused on TV at the moment because people do just marathon these box sets. Yeah, um, yeah so my list's not going to be uh, too great. <laughs> are there five films on it? There are five films, yeah, counts. and there were two films that I didn't put on it. It's fine. Um, yeah. Well, my fifth film, I'm not sure counts, because it came out in America last year, but it came out here in January. That counts. So I wasn't sure if it counted. Uh, what? February. Just carry on talking. Well, it's called Her, and it's amazing. It was Her? Yeah. No. It's, uh, it's Whacking Phoenix falls in love with a operating system that has the voice of Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And it's uh, a Spike Jones film. Right, yeah, that explains a lot. And it's wonderful. Okay. And um, I basically have no bad things to say about it. <laughs> it's a bit of a thinky film, but not too thinky. It's not like interstellar thinky. I've heard that's pretty thinky. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> People say that about all Nolan films and they're not. I don't, Inception didn't well, require any thought at all. I don't get. Yeah, what I don't understand that. people who don't understand Inception. It's, yeah. it's a fairly easy concept yep. actually, but it's it's basically sort of questioning the boundaries of technology and also kind of what love is, in the sense of can you fall in love with something that's not really a thing? Right. Um, should you? Should you be stopped from doing that? Joaquin Phoenix is wonderful in it. He sports a, a very uh, a very interesting moustache, uh, and. The, one of the things I really liked about it that's actually really strange is the fact that it's set in the future, obviously, because we've got operating systems that talk to you and behave like people. Um, but it, it's the way Spike Jones envisions the future is the idea that things from the past keep coming back and like reiterating themselves. Right. So in this future, for some reason, everybody dresses kind of like Simon Cowell with like oh, really God. high trousers and like, it's all very weird. Yeah. But I kind of like that as an idea because I hate these films that set themselves in the future where everybody's wearing like leotards and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, tinfoil yeah. suits and things. Logan's just like, yeah, what are you doing? Calm yourself. Yeah. Um, it's just a really, really interesting film and not what I was expecting when I went into it. So it's good. Good. Thumbs up. How was uh, Scarlett Johansson's voice? Good. Well, she's got a pretty sexy voice anyway, so I can accept. Okay. Right, my number five. Um, it's, 
It's not a particularly good film, <laughs> but as I say, it's better than the other two films that didn't make my list. Um, so it's X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, I think that's a pretty good film. Uh, I, 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 I liked it. It didn't make my list, though. Oh, yes, it did. It's my number four. Oh, Fuck. there you go. So you it's lo- yeah, but at least it's locked in <laughs> one after the other. Um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was a good film. Um, there were certain elements that were, were odd and certain elements that didn't work. Yeah, it's another time travel bamboozlement for me. Okay. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I mean, it, it was mainly obviously the, the first class cast. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a direct sequel to that, but also comes after the other universe. And then it, it it's the ending that this, this fresh slate it, it, is going to be odds. It's going to be interesting to see where the next film goes. Yeah, I don't think I would, that, that was the part of the film that let it down for me. Mm. That and the fact that I think we need to stop focusing so much on Wolverine and bloody everything. Yeah. There is literally no reason why. I think they came up with one in the film, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But there's no reason why it couldn't have been any other of the X-Men mm. that could have gone back in time and done stuff. So, like, it just annoyed me a bit that he was the focus again. But then again, I did... He was the only one alive at that time when he was sending back to Yeah, but that's an arbitrary story point that makes no real actual sense. Um, I was going to say, I shouldn't complain, because him getting sent into the past meant I saw his bottom. So, I think think that was a bonus. Part of the reason First Class was so good was because he wasn't in it, and it was... Mm. So, First Class is worse than X-Men 3. Oh, Shut up, Richard Taylor. Um, what do you know about films? Yeah, no, but I mean, and, and there, there were elements where, even in the future, it was like, let's put all the minority characters on the front line, yeah. and we'll just move everyone else. Yeah, it's... and it was like they introduced Warpath and Blink and whoever else, and basically just killed them off as cannon fodder. Yeah, they did. And Bishop. I, you you got to admit that Quicksilver was badass. Though. Yes, that I, whole I, scene I, in that kitchen yeah, part was like, what? definitely. So good. I was expecting him to be shit, judging from the initial costume. Like, let's face it, 90% of the internet. Yeah. But that was a really good scene. But then they did nothing more with him. Yeah, that was a bit annoying. I'm, I'm hoping he's going to be a thing in the future, like, that we'll see more of. Yeah. Because um, I'm concerned, the way that it ended, like, I don't want Franka Jensen back. And I don't like, think they... Well, I, just, I just don't. Like, I <laughs> Unless they're bringing her back to do the fucking Dark Phoenix thing properly. <laughs> I, I don't think they will, because that would be a mistake. But she just... Ugh, no. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I put this at my number four, because I think it was... Having never read the comic, mm. uh, the Days of Future Past storyline, I didn't have any sort of preconceived notions going in of what should be happening or what shouldn't be happening... Um, so I just enjoyed it for what it was, which was another fun ex-romp of good good stuff. And I think, as much as I love Hugh Jackman, I do kind of wish he wasn't the focus, because I think James Thingy Bob is Mac wonderful. Yeah. So's um, Fassbender. Yeah, no, I could watch them yeah. pair just do things, just for our, not those kind of things, Phil. You perv. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch that. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Um, X, 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 X-Men. <laughs> Triple X-Men. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it could have done with less Wolverine, and I think it could have done with a different ending that wasn't so fan servicey. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good story. I thought the performances were pretty solid. Love the Quicksilver stuff. And I think Avengers is going to have a hard time making Quicksilver as cool now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> be intrigued to see where that goes, though. 
But I just, I'd still have this, like, sadness that I just kind of wish Marvel owned everything. Yep. Because I really want these things to get involved with one another occasionally. Like, for Spider-Man to be in Avengers. And well, yeah, there's talks of yeah. them supposedly buying Sony out, aren't they? Yeah. That. Apparently, yeah. Um, Andrew Garfield said no to any more, though, hasn't he? Yeah. Because he, he hated, he hated uh, Amazing Spider-Man well, I haven't too, seen the, I haven't still haven't seen the second one. Straight up unadulterated garbage. I really, I really enjoyed the first one. I really enjoyed the first one. <laughs> Ooh, coincidental. Um, no, the first one I actually really enjoyed as well. Because um, I, I really didn't like the first Tobey Maguire one. I thought that was okay. I thought the second one was definitely an improvement. Yeah. And then the third one was, was like, just, what's yeah, happening? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind the third one, to be fair, but it wasn't the best. But um, the fact they've had to do these two reboots in quick succession and the, the second one's already bombed kind of shows they can't do yeah. much more with him as a solo character. What so, I thought was really odd about Spider-Man 2, this is going off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. And um, what I thought was the, the oddest about it was the soundtrack because I'm pretty sure it's like by somebody fairly epic like Hans Zimmer. It might not, it might not be him but it's somebody like actually good at soundtracks. Oh. But a lot of the music is like weird electric guitar versions of like incy wincy spider and just like the fuck's happening <laughs> like i just remember watching it and i was thinking i'm I'm not a small child like i get that he's a spider man we don't we don't need this in the background what are you doing to me so yeah i was no his pants don't bother okay <laughs> uh in short it's shit but yeah but x-men was good but x-men was good and uh since we've done my number four, just move on to my number three. Shall I do my number four? Go so on we're then. kind of in sequence. Go on then. Um, my number four was the one I love. Don't know that. Um, it's a Duplass Brothers film. Okay, I'll probably want to like it very much then. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure, Rich. It's not a Duplass Brothers film. They produced it, haven't they? Yeah, but they haven't written it. They okay. Who's in it? Mark Duplass. And no, who else is in it? You plums. Who's the female, Rich? Is it the one out of you Mad Men? Mad Men? Yeah. That oh, would help me. Just don't watch that. Cynicism. Cynicism. I don't think it is. is my pick. I probably should have researched it. Ted Dancer's in it. Um, I like Ted Dancer. Very briefly. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind Elizabeth of like a... Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Um, Who the fuck is Moss? <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, it's, it's this married couple yep. that are in therapy. Um, marriage isn't going well and their therapist suggests they go away for a weekend to this um, cabin mm-hmm. basically where it's just the two of them for, for this holiday and and basically you start off thinking it's going to be just a, a kind of drama quite serious about this breakdown and this relationship going wrong and then it kind of gets a bit fucking freaky because oh. <laughs> um, they go to this cabin Shut up, Kieran. And and shall I just put a big fuck off spoiler? Yeah, just do a big spoiler because you're not selling me on this, so we can spoiler spoiler the shit out of it. Yeah, so basically, go to this cabin and it's got. What do you mean no? Sure, he is Richard. He's seen it. Oh, why? Why don't you want me to spoil it? Because it will ruin it for... Okay, it will ruin it for, it will ruin it for everyone. I'm a forgotten. No, you won't. Basically, you go in thinking it's one genre and one type of film, and then it does a real unexpected twist okay. and throws up some really bizarre questions okay. and go places that now you don't I think it would. There you go. Then watch the film. It's Ooh. on Netflix now. Because I, when you said it was a Duplass Brothers film, like, yes. I don't 
I can't think of any off the top of my head because I'm dense. But I'm. Yeah, there is at home. Oh, I love that. I didn't there know that go. was them. Oh, that's amazing. That is. Oh um, shit. Well, I'll just eat all of my words. Anyone got any salt? <laughs> I, Rich has taken to watching a lot of films lately where not a fat lot happens and it bores the shit out of me. Is it? Okay. That's where I'm getting confused. Yeah, you know, films, because you weren't, when you described Safety it as not like, guaranteed. That's alright. When you, when you described it as a film that was like about a failing couple, I just thought, oh, it's another one of those ones where nothing happens. Yes, that, that's, that's <laughs> what it started like, going in as, but. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I say, he hasn't written or directed it. So, which was semi right. In, in what he was saying. Yeah, I'll give you a semi. Uh, but yeah, so they, they produced it and he stars in it. Right. Fuck off, Richard. Lad. But yeah, so that, it's definitely, it's definitely worth watching and it's definitely, it has, the, 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 the genre that it goes into will be enjoyed by listeners of this podcast and geeky people in general, maybe. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued now. Hashtag no spoilers. Colour me intrigued. <laughs> Whatever colour Do not look is. at the genre of it on Netflix because that's Does it give it away? Yeah. Oh, their, their genres are really specific though, aren't they? So weird. Um, Bills that you watch at four in the morning after eating it's a bad and regretting life. <laughs> <laughs> Every film. <laughs> so my number three, shut up, Reach, is um, Captain America, Winter Soldier. What a flipping, flopping turnaround that was from the shitty sheet that was First Avenger. It's my number three as well. Oh, So we're together as one. Let's talk about this then. Yep. It was so infinitely better than First Avenger. It was almost ridiculous. It was almost a complete... Well, it was a completely different film. It was more what I wanted out of Captain America than the first one was. Yes. Um, Because I have always liked the side of Cap. That Obviously, Cap's a, a big freedom fighter type chap. But I've always liked the side of Cap that's a bit more espionage even though that's not his main thing because he runs around essentially wearing an American flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I presume a lot of your cap is the Brubaker, Brubaker era. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so that that's more the thing. And it, I just felt the first one was too pantomime Like, the Red Skull didn't seem like a threat at all because he was so fucking ludicrous. I think the first one was <laughs> like the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. The first one was just a lot of fucking set-up. Yeah. It felt to me like a really long trailer for the Avengers. Yes. <laughs> it was a, like, a DVD we, prequel. We've kind of got to do this because he's going to be a big part in the Avengers, yeah. therefore he is a cap origin. Um, whereas this was so much more coming into its own. Yeah. And Bucky was amazing. I don't think there was enough of him. Really? Of the, the Winter Soldier as yeah. a whole. Yeah, I could have done with more. And I, I, I like the fact that Black Widow and What's the Chops were in it a bit more. Oh, what is it? Agent 13. Mm. I like the fact that they were in it a bit more, but I do feel like Black Widow either needs to have her own film yeah, or sort of like stop being too main a part of other people's films. Because I think in Winter Soldier, she was almost as prominent as Cap. Yeah. Which shouldn't shouldn't really be the thing. Like, it's it's his film. And like you say, it could have done with less her, more Winter Soldier. <laughs> I think the right balance with, with her was all right, actually. And I think, obviously, she works very well with Winter Soldier. Yeah. So I think the two of them get together could carry something in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it felt like Falcon was shoehorned in. It should have been one or the other. I feel like he was shoehorned in a bit, but he was still brilliant. Mm. Like, I think the guy did a really good job with him. Definitely. And his scenes were really visually fun to look at. But my, my worry is that, like, War Machine wasn't brought into the Avengers or anything. He was just there. I think Falcon's just going to 
be left in the background as well. Yeah. And it's like you bring in War Machine and you bring in Falcon and then you just make They're excuses just, as to why they haven't been yeah. brought in when the world's about to go to shit. Well, I was going to say, especially when you consider what the next Avengers movie is going to be, they're going to need all hands on deck. Like, they're going to need to be around. Yeah, but surely. yeah, they brought in Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and the Vision and, yeah. and whatever, and these other characters they've kind of semi-built up, they're just going to forget about. Mm. But then maybe when they have the whole Civil War thing, they'll I'm so intrigued that. by that. Because obviously Cause they're bringing in Black Panther and Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, mm. and, and all these characters. I know. I'm so excited for Marvel movies. Downey Jr.'s and Evans' contracts are slowly running out, so they mm. need to get some more people in. Yeah. I'm really excited for Captain Marvel and for just everything, basically, that's coming just up Marvel-wise. Pretty much. Yeah. Because I think the thing that concerned me at first was I was thinking, are they trying to do too much all at once? But they've handled everything they've done so far so well. I mean, well, not everything, because Thor's not great. And uh, the first cat film was actual trash. (laughs) But they're doing so well at the moment with what they've got. I do think we don't need a third Thor movie, though. I really don't see why he's the big deal. He's not that interesting. (laughs) He's no Iron Man, that's for sure. But, um, no, I am excited. And I do do think that Winter Soldier definitely... um, made me more interested for future Marvel stuff. Yeah. Because Cap being one of my favourite characters, him being shit in his... Like, the whole thing just being terrible in the first movie, I was like, oh, oh no, (laughs) what's going to happen with everything else? But like like you were saying, Cap had was basically set up for the Avengers. Mm. Winter Soldier is pretty much a set up for the entire Marvel universe afterwards, well, apart from Guardians. But, like, the whole thing with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the fall of it, and even how that's that's moved into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. and how... You know, Winter Soldier as a film made that series infinitely better. Like the last third of it and season two, mm-hmm. if if the stuff in Winter Soldier hadn't have happened, that would still be a waste of space as it was beforehand. <laughs> um, and season, you know, going to that season two has been a lot better, mm-hmm. and the whole Hydra thing, and and yeah, yeah. And that- I mean, the the only the only thing I will say about Cap that that sort of bumped it down my list a bit was the fact that I really don't like... What's his name? Toby something. The guy who was a computer in this and he was, like, distracting Cap at one stage in that really cool scene where he told him his whole plan and then tried to blow him up even though it's Cap and he, like, clearly wasn't going to die because he's Cap. Clearly. Toby Jones? Question mark? Does a terrible, terrible attempt at, like, a... European type accent. I think it's supposed to be either German or Austria, but it's bad. Right, yeah. Whichever one it is. Terrible. Um, and that whole scene with him telling Cap their entire plot, like, they could have easily done that with Cap and Black Widow finding things out themselves because they're smart, spy well, type people. And the idea that the dude would tell him their plot because he thinks he's about to kill them is stupid because it's Captain America. He's not going to die in a bomb, probably. Like, Probably. you know, there's a chance he might, yeah, but it's quite unlikely. So I did, that whole scene just, like, pissed me off a little bit because I thought, why do we have to keep doing this thing where villains just tell you everything that's going to fucking happen? Because if he hadn't have told Cap and Black Widow that, they wouldn't have got back to S.H.I.E.L.D. in time to sort everything the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... I felt like they could have been smarter about that in having them just do some sleuthing and spying. But I think that that kind of goes in in character with the character of Armin Zola. I think mean, he's very much that throughout the books. 
Yeah, I suppose. Cool. I do. He is egomaniacal enough to think that he mm. could get away with telling people his plots. I suppose, but it just annoyed me because it just it seemed really stupid. A convenient device, yeah. You're, you're supposed to be a smart man, <laughs> like, um, but that was pretty much the only problem I had with the film. So, in my eyes, that makes it a pretty good film. <laughs> I'd like to have seen more of Agent Thirteen. I yeah. do like uh, Emily Van Camp. Mm, I liked to watch the chops as well. Um, no, I forgot a name. It's fine. Ignore me. <sighs> Kobe Smulders. Yeah, there you go. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think she. It's a shame that she's not in stuff more because I yeah. think she could be really good. Yeah. <laughs> Although I suppose now that she's not doing How I Met Your Mother, she might be able to. It'd be quite interesting to see what she is doing next. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have thought she'd have been more in Shield, kind of thing. But yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But that was my number three. Cool. Um, I forgot what order we were going in because we confused ourselves by having similar things. Yep. Go for your, you go for your number two. Right. Well, my number two, my number two, and my number one had a fight. That's good. Because uh, I wasn't sure which way around to Because I'm pretty sure one of yours oh, is going to be one of mine. <laughs> is it Horace Again, It's not. Um, <laughs> oh, my number two was... Uh, so it is. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That's fine. Stick with that. And um, the, only, the, the, the only reason I put that under what I put for number one was the fact that, like, technically, it's not a good film. It's, it's not at all. Like, there isn't a plot to have a hole in. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but I had so much fun watching it and loved it so much in terms of the characters and the action and everything that and I couldn't... I had to put it at number two. Value for money, value for time. Exactly. Uh, I really enjoyed it and I could easily watch it again. In fact, after I, after I saw it at the cinema, I was like, I could probably watch it again now. just loved it so much. And I think a bit of that is like rose-tinted nostalgia town, but... yeah. I don't care. It made me feel like a kid again. I loved so it. What is it about turtles that you love so much? Uh, everything. Everything. They're really funny. Nice and specific. They're really actiony. The the stories are a bit silly and camp. Is what I like about it. I think because I was really surprised coming into the turtles through the eighties cartoon. Yes. I had no idea that they were actually originally fairly dark and gritty. Well, yeah, yeah. I was a bit like, ooh, <laughs> that's quite a surprise. Um, but I think one of the main things I like about the turtles is the fact that they can be so many different things. But the essence of the characters can still stay true, if that makes sense. That's a good point. Um, so I just really liked this film because the characters were all there and good. And uh, there was that avalanche scene that was completely badass. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But I couldn't logistically put this at number one over what I had at number one. Right. Because technically this right. film is not good. And I know that. I just loved it. <laughs> it's fine. I haven't seen it. I, I really don't have a desire to see it. Yeah. I can't blame people for not wanting to see it because I don't think... It's it's very much a switch-your-brain-off silly action movie thing, um, which sometimes the, the mood calls for. I mean, I I kind of regretted seeing Transformers. I definitely I regretted seeing Transformers. Two hours of my life back. Because it was pants. And, you know, I love that as a kid, so yeah. I don't want Turtles to be the same. Mm. I think the Turtles film does better in the fact that the Turtles are actually fucking in it. Yeah. And they're the focus of it. Because the thing that annoyed me about Transformers is the fact that the focus is on fucking Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox True. in a will-they-won't-they situation yep. that would never fucking happen because they definitely wouldn't. <laughs> and then a lot of the robot fights are, like, obscured. Or the the robots themselves in that were so intricate that you actually couldn't see which bit was what. Mm. And most of the robots were grey or silver. Too much to be realistic, so you couldn't yeah. see who was fighting who anyway. You just got no idea what was going on. But so, Turtles doesn't suffer those same... No, same Turtles is, is just very, like, unashamedly 
let's all have a ninja fight. Well, that's good. So, <laughs> yeah. if you, you know, if you were like a 10-year-old child that had never seen the original Turtles films or cartoons, do you reckon they'd get something out yeah, of it? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. it is just like a load of silly action fun. That's what I like. There you go. That's, <laughs> Job yeah, done. Sounds, that's all you want. Yeah, exactly. Job done. Phil's number two. Right, my number two is, is, a, is a bit of a strange one. Technically, it's been out in America. It hasn't been out here yet. Uh, my number two is Birdman. Oh, I've heard things about this, about how good it is, but I have not seen it. it it's very good. Um, and it's not what I expected from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Keaton is amazing in it. He, he really plays the character well um, as a character who is... He was like a... Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of actor mm-hmm. in the 80s and he just did like comic superhero stuff um, and he wants to be taken seriously as a Broadway actor so he okay. puts on a performance of this show that's you know nigh impossible to produce and to, to, to do it um, and he's put like all his finance into it and oh, he's yeah. got his his daughter is his assistant and she's come out of rehab um, and they've got a shitty relationship and his agent is that guy from Icus. Okay. Who, he's, he's barely in it, but he, I like it's, him a lot. yeah, he, he kind of does this well because it, it's a, it's a, it's not quite a black comedy, mm-hmm. but it's not quite a drama, mm-hmm. but it's not quite something else. Yep. Yeah. You can look, you're looking yeah. weird, but it's, it's very much like <laughs> I got a lot of, it was very much like, um, Eternal Sunshine and being, jo- being John ever. Malkovich. Okay. It, it's very much, like a like a Gondry kind of film, mm-hmm. it's got that kind of surreal uh, interwoven of reality mm-hmm. within it. Ed is it Ed Norton? I have a feeling it is as as the one of the sporting characters, and he's like a permanent drunk, and it's kind of seeing how the two of them play off. And Michael Keaton's character in the eighties was this character called Birdman, mm-hmm. and the film basically goes. It's kind of hard to get into at first because it's got one of those really weird tracking camera shots. Uh, I don't know why we're making camera motions. It's not quite like a Blair Witch handy cam, but it's got the weird kind of where it just kind of goes off at a tangent at, at times and it follows the cast around this theatre and it follows down the halls and things. And time isn't always fluid in it. So you'll see one character there, the camera will leave and go to the next sort of room and the character will be in there. But it, it's it's definitely worth watching. There's some really nice character pieces in it, and it's um, Emma Stone is the daughter, mm-hmm. the drug addict, and she puts in a really good performance like as a sporting character. Um, and you can obviously believe that she's had this fucked up relationship with her dad, and that she's just come out of rehab. And yeah, and there are elements that are, are not quite fantasy to do with him being Birdman, and. The ending is one of those endings where you're not quite sure how and what is happened and what is his perception, mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth watching. I'd recommend oh. it. See, I didn't really know a whole lot about it, but I'd heard good things, so now I'm very intrigued. I'd have to check that on it. Do so. I will. I will. Will Wheaton. <laughs> I will. <laughs> My number one, then, I imagine, is either going to be the same as your number one. Yep. Or we're, like you're just gonna go like so against the obvious and do something really weird. But I went for Guardians of the Galaxy. Holidays in that Guardians. I'm alone. How many mums? No, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> How could we not pick this? To be fair, yeah. Like 
it's just I think I've talked enough about this on the podcast anyway but it was legitimately just the best film I've yeah. seen this year and I think you know the, the, the public agree and Hollywood agrees and, yeah. and whatever I think everybody, Chris everybody loved bank it. balance agrees yeah everyone loved it it was smart and it was funny and it was visually amazing and Glenn Close's fucking hair my god well to be fair I think I'd have watched two hours of Chris Pratt and group yeah Oh, little dancing baby group. Yes. I might do my mum a Christmas card this year with a little dancing baby group. Okay. That'd be cute, wouldn't it? Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah. I don't think we really need to talk that much about this because it's yeah. wonderful and I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody's seen fair, it. I was just... Is there anyone in the world who hasn't seen that, it? I, 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 like, it felt like so long ago since I saw it. Was this 2014? And I'm like, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think I've watched it at least twice since it came out on Blu-ray. I saw it twice at the cinema because I took my mum to see it as well and we've watched it since it, yeah it was on Blu-ray <laughs> it's just so good yeah it's so so good there's nothing I can think of that's wrong with it yeah yeah no no I'm so convinced I, 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 I think the, the kind of obviously it, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they had to kind of bring in Thanos and the Infinity Stone mm-hmm. kind of to tie it together so it'll be interesting to see where the next one goes or how they eventually bring it around when they get all the infinity stones or whatever or Mm -hmm. but like in the in the comics they've had iron man and they've currently got ms marvel captain marvel in the in it Mm -hmm. in the gardens of the galaxy so i don't know if they'll bring her into it or something because i've been really enjoying those comics yeah Uh, and i mean the kelly pseudoconic stuff at the moment where she's in space I think that that works quite yeah, well, it's pretty wonderful. Um, and she'd be like a, a a good way to go between the two, because yeah. they're going to have to bring him bring him in a bit closer, aren't they? At mm-hmm. some point, mm-hmm. yes. Good times. Good times. Good. Very times. good times. Twenty fourteen and all that. Yeah. To be fair, in terms of like the fact that I haven't seen many films, the fact that I went to see Guardians twice kind of shows that it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> because um, there was no reason for me to see it twice when I was compiling my list of things I've actually seen at the cinema that I think there were only two other films mm. actually on my list one of which almost made it on and the other one was the opposite of making it on yeah so <laughs> well I think the other two films I saw were Let's Be Cops and Cuban Fury I wanted to see Cuban Fury but nobody would go with me because people are mean people are mean is it acceptable is it's it acceptable shows? it's acceptable okay I'd well, watch the, it it was on TV on Netflix the I two wouldn't. that I saw were Gone Girl which was really good up until it became garbage as you mentioned yeah yeah. and uh, and Wish I Was Here which is Zach Braff's oh, okay movie. yeah that that was almost my number five if her didn't count <laughs> right okay um, that, that's did that get an film. actual proper release over here it did but it was like a I know there was the Kickstarter one like, that's why I said proper yeah it's like if it was like a blink and you miss it kind of like it's there for two days there's the stuff one that should be on at the electric yeah yep. Um, it was one of them sort of like oh it's out for a week and there's only one showing right. a day and then it's Fair gone play, yeah. kind of thing but it is a really good film it wasn't what, again what, not what I was expecting from it it's essentially a film about a man struggling with achieving his dreams at the same time as looking after his family and dealing with his dad dying and living partially in a world of fantasy. Intense. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is pretty intense, but it's really good and it's really funny and Zach Braff's fit. So there we go. I'll go with you on the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so we've rolled on for like two hours. That was really long. We chat shit. We do. But uh, hopefully, did we? Have there been some football goals? Oh. Zero football goals. Who's playing? Is it, is it Newcastle? Newcastle? Um, Surely Derby. 
in it though. So yeah, hope you enjoyed our roundup of 2014, listeners. Yay! Yay! Uh, and if there was any stuff that you hadn't heard of, check it out. Yeah, like yeah. I apologise, my music taste. But hey, <laughs> I'm gonna, you're going to send me those songs, and I'm going to go nope about putting any of them in there. Rock on, Tommy. It's fine. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can drop me an email at stacysparlor at gmail dot com, or you can go to Twitter and tweet me at stacebobt. Do you want to give Twitterness or Twitterness? Do you want to I love the people? Twitterness. No, no, people are fine. <laughs> I can block people. Um, I'm under there as uh, P H L P T. Yeah. Flipped. 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 Yep, so um, it's if I had like no eyes, if I was blind, I'd be flipped. <laughs> and then my surname begins with a T. Have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but flip has no eyes. <coughs> oh, I think I've just died. <coughs> um, anyway, there's also Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor Facebook page. Give her some feedback for the love Give of God. Give me some gods. fucking feedback. Even if it's just calling me a cunt. Yes, do that as well. Um, and also, if you want to buy a t-shirt or something, nobody else has yet, sad face, go to spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk chase some good stuff in it, yo, and have a wonderful Christmas and that. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Step into Christmas, 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 Christmas. Christmas we can talk. watch a Christmas forever a Christmas. I don't know the words. Christmas arms. Christmas arms. Nobody can see me doing my Christmas arms. Not Christmas talk. Yeah. <laughs> Talking. Talking. Yeah, have a good one, guys, and be all safe, and I'll see you in the new year. Bye. 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 We said I-